Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. Good afternoon, not evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, joined with Jonathan Miklos. We want to try something different today. We want to be with you in the fourth quarter of some of these games that are going on. And we want to be with you when famous Jameis maybe makes a comeback over the New Orleans Saints. We want to be with you to, to share the moments with you. And we'll be going into the talking about the afternoon games, some upsets I have on the making. So a lot to talk about tonight, Jonathan, or today. I keep saying tonight. That's a habit. Forgive me. How's everything with you, man? I know right now you're watching your Tampa Bay Bucks. And you're just like, how in the world are you choking at home to the Saints right now? But still a lot of game left. Yeah, this game's over. Uh, I'm I'm a full believer in this team's quit today. Why? How in the world could they quit? Well, it's not not a team that's mentally strong, um, and I back up that claim by saying I can probably name seven of the guys that are starting right now that aren't rookies. So it's a lot of immature young kids who haven't – seeing what we're going through right now, and this is the best season the Bucks have had since 2009 when we finished 10-6 and six and didn't make the playoffs with Josh Freeman. And if everybody remembers, the next year we threw Josh Freeman out of town. So uh, uh, this Bucks team, this is the Bucks team I'm waiting for. I, I've been taking a lot of slack locally about how I've been very pessimistic towards Tampa Bay, uh, especially during our winning you streak. Have. And, and you have. it's wow. the whole... I want a better draft pick because I don't think this is a playoff team. And if I'm not making the playoffs, I want a top five pick. That is my belief. We weren't making the playoffs from day one. I don't, I don't want to fire Lovey. I'm not a fan of Lovey, but he's got something in place right now. Obviously, we see that. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this season. I just want it to be over. I just want it to be over. I want a top ten pick, and let's go from there. <laughs> you're, you're looking at you're, – you're, you're like me. You want you either first or you're last. One, I mean, there's no second place. There's no who cares. It's either you win it all, you have a chance to win it all, or you don't. Right? Exactly. Well, speaking of winning it all, Carolina right now, Jonathan, after three up thirty eight to nothing, they've got the backups in. They've got the reserves, and they. I told Sonny on his show today, this is going to be a beatdown. I mean, just been coming. Uh, Matt Ryan looks like a deer in headlights, and the offensive line can give him no protection. It's just embarrassing. If you're a Falcons fan right now, I mean, God. I mean, you're going to lose six in a row. You're getting beat 38 to nothing right now against Carolina. I mean, how big of a difference is there between Carolina and Atlanta? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, And honestly, after that first quarter, Carolina let off the gas. Yeah, I mean, Carolina jumped on them and, and put the put the cleat on the throat early. 
and then decided, all right, well, we're going to pretend to let y'all come back in this. I mean, it, it's something else what Carolina's doing. I told y'all, it's a great football team right here. I mean, this is a great team. You know, it's not a, yeah. it's not a you know, collective of, it's like the 07 Patriots where they're sitting there looking at all the superstars, but it's, they, they're gelling, everything's working. I, I'm lo- I love watching these guys. And Cam Newton, I can't remember which touchdown pass it was. I think it was the fourth one. Uh, with a 28-0, where he ripped that ball yeah. past the defender's helmet, past the defender's hand, and it took the receiver to <laughs> his arms two yards backwards when he caught the ball. I mean, he's got a cannon. He does, and he can throw it overhanded, sidearm, three-quarter. That's what makes him hard to defend is you never know how he's going to throw it. And his, his technique's not great, Jonathan. Well, let's, let's Let's go ahead and say that right now. I mean, Cam Newton, if you're a kid at home, you're not going to watch him and your mechanics. That's just his mechanics, and it works. It, it works for him. Mm-hmm. you, you got to love him. But, you know, some guy, the announcer today on the game, said that Cam Newton's the best player in the NFL right now. And I really – I mean, I'm a homer with Cam Newton, but really I could argue that, Jonathan, that Cam Newton right now is the best player today, not, not of all time today, the best player in the NFL. Uh, it's hard for me to disagree with that. Uh, you know, obviously, you got a middle linebacker with him. You yeah. got that middle linebacker with him, though. And this is a I mean, well, I mean, what 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 makes Cam great is is Jonathan Stewart, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson. Imagine Carolina without Greg Olson right now. That's how you know. I'm watching that play again. What you what you just talked about, man? He just turned the receiver upside down. He threw it so hard. But I mean, this Carolina team needs all the pieces to be great, like you said. Cam Newton's a good player, but I mean, he's not. I mean, I've seen Cam Newton for four years. This team is finally gelled, and I, and I, and nobody gives it the credit, but the defense of Carolina, man, that's the reason Carolina's where they are today. Yeah, I agree. That defense has done a phenomenal job. Uh, Ron Rivera's done a just done a masterful job with that defense, uh, grooming it and, and you know helping it become what it has. I mean it's it's awesome. I mean it's just watching the Panthers. I love it. it. It's it's the way I expect an NFL team to look, and I think that's why I like it so much because it's cohesive. The coaches care about the players, and the players care about the coaches. You see, you have Cam Newton, who's the face of your franchise who scores touchdown goes and gives the ball to a little kid. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, who cares? You know what, though? That matters. That's a public image thing. And I love that. You know, Jonathan Stewart has no negative, nothing negative to him. Neither do, I mean, the only thing Greg Olsen has is the, the Miami Hurricane rap, which uh, I'm pretty sure most people have forgotten about by now, uh, good old G-Money. But, I mean, it's just this team right now is what the NFL needs. In all honesty, because there's yep. so much negativity surrounding the league, and there is not one yeah. negative thing about the Carolina Panthers. No, nobody's at the club every night. Nobody's shooting nobody. Nobody's raping nobody. Nobody's getting arrested. It's just a good team, man. And it's uh, speaking of comeback, Tampa scored. I told you, man, get on the show, way in sports talk, and Tampa Bay's going to come back and get you a W today. That's all it took. <laughs> That's all it's going to take today. And even if Quinn ever comes on, the Bears may, defi- may decide to win a football game. You just gotta, we just have to try something different here today. But uh, but Carolina, mm-hmm. man, they are what it's – I mean, they're the perfect kind of team right now. And uh, 
I'm interested to see how they finish up. But I'm glad to see Cam Newton not play it in the fourth quarter. And I worry about Luke Keekley. I worry about Greg Olson. I worry about Cam Newton in games like this when the score is out of hand. And you know you know what I mean. These cheap shot artists come in. They can't beat mm-hmm. you on the field, so they're going to end your season. And they're not on the field right now, thank God. So a whole fourth quarter to play, 38 to nothing Carolina right now. It may even get uglier, Jonathan. The backups for Carolina may – may be fired up right now to get in the game. I would like to see 52 to nothing right now. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're going to go for it, if you're going to go for the throat, stomp on the throat. I mean, get up at it. Um, it, <laughs> it is nice, though, to see, you know, the Carolina, Ron Rivera made sure to get the backups in and get Cam and them out of there before anything bad could happen. Because let's face it, I yeah, mean, I'm a Bucks fan, you're a Panthers fan, so we've seen it. Atlanta, and you live that up there. Atlanta Falcons is just notorious for being a dirty team. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. notorious. Doesn't matter who the head coach is, they're just notorious for it. So I, I don't want to leave my guys in there a play too long if I'm up by 21 points. Yeah, they they were already starting fives when the game started. I mean. You know, they were just – they knew they couldn't win the game on the field. And you know they sure aren't going to win the game off, I mean, a fight. I mean, these guys couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper sack. I mean, you want, you want to tell me somebody on Atlanta you, – you want to tell me somebody in Atlanta's got the fight in them to beat Tolbert? That guy's five nine two sixty. He'd kill somebody. I mean, he would really – and that Atlanta housewife, the real housewives of Atlanta player, the Falcons guy that they, they boast about, was his name Beerman or something? Oh, yeah, Corey Bearman. Yeah, get him out of here. I mean, he needs to go back on TV or something. I don't know, but he's not meant He's not meant for the NFL. But, but I want to go back. One thing that made me angry, I think it was last week or the week before when Cam was trying to get – he scored a touchdown, wanted to get the ball, the referee wouldn't give it to him. That really aggravated me right there. It, it, that really got under my skin to see an official – keeping the ball away from a player that's going to give it to a kid. And finally, Cam just grabbed it from him and said, the heck with you, man. I'm, I'm taking this ball. This little girl, this little boy is getting the ball. So I, I love Cam doing that. Let's go around the NFL real quick right now. looks like, you know, Andy Dalton going down. That could spell doom for this Bengals team. They're down at home 26-13 to 13 to Pittsburgh. I had Pittsburgh winning this game anyway. What's your thoughts on Dalton? Is A.J. McCarron good enough quarterback to lead them to the promised land? Uh, so you couldn't even finish that without giggling. <laughs> you, you couldn't even finish that statement because you, know you know that's a load of crap. I mean, look, congrats to A.J. McCarron for, you know, getting Catherine Webb knocked up so now she can't go nowhere. I mean, hats off to you. Uh, but, I mean, come on now. A.J. McCarron had one – I guess you could say it was a nice pass to A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green's is that much of a god of a receiver. Other than that, he struggled today. Uh, if Andy Dalton's down and it looks like he might miss any playoff time, I think the Bengals should really worry. Uh, I don't. I just don't think A.J. McCarron's worth, worth his own weight because if he was, he would already played by now. Cause, I mean, as much as the Cincinnati's going to tell you they love Andy, you know they're looking to replace him. Uh-huh. And he threw a pick six. I mean, let's not let's not say AJ. I know AJ threw that touchdown pass, but he also threw the the pick six that kind of put the game away, in my opinion. I mean, you know, he did good. Yeah, he threw. It's easy. You throw a bomb to 
to uh, A.J. Green, man. Somebody, he can make you look real good as a quarterback if you throw a bomb up to him sometime, like Calvin Johnson. But how are you going to do on third and six when you need when you need six yards? You need to throw that eight-yard pass. How are you going to do? How are you going to handle the pressure? That's what it's about. Any quarterback can throw a bomb, Jonathan, and hit one every now and then. My God, me and you could go out there and do that right now. But the thing is, the consistency. At least Andy Dalton knows the system. He's comfortable. It's, it's hard for – I'm going to call A.J. McCarron a rookie because he is. He's never really played much. It's just the timing of the, the speed of this game is unbelievable. When you watch a college game and when you watch an NFL game, it's unbelievable. And that that's where Cincinnati is going to be I don't, I don't. I think they may still win the division, but Pittsburgh's hot right now. You never know when they're going to catch fire. Speaking of catching fire, Pittsburgh just got picked off down inside the two. Seven minutes left, down thirteen. It's, the game's over. But but Jonathan, I mean, this is a first round of elimination game for Cincinnati if they do make the playoffs. They're not going to make it far. Yeah, no, I agree. Um... I, I really think, look, looking at it for Cincinnati, they, they need to try and find a way to improve that team to a point. And I think the only thing that you, there's left to improve, and I think this is what people are like, well, maybe you can do this, maybe you can do that. The only thing that's left for Cincinnati to improve is quarterback. That is the only spot left on the team where I think anybody goes, yeah, you could use something better. And, I mean, I don't know how you address that without making it obvious that you're trying to replace your quarterback you just signed a big extension to. They're just in such a sticky situation because it's, if not Dalton, then who? And that that's the issue a lot of these NFL teams are facing. We saw it with the Dolphins with the extension they gave Tannehill and the extension the Bears gave Cutler. It, it wasn't, oh, these guys are playing that great. It's, well, if we don't have these guys, then who do we have? Because, I mean, what are you going to do, sign Josh McCown? And that's that's the issue with these teams. And Cincinnati, they really need to figure something out there. They really do, because they're just going to keep hanging around and losing the first round for the next 10 years. Yeah, you need to find something. I really don't think they're comfortable with A.J. Green, or A.J. McCarron, excuse me, being the quarterback to get them in the playoffs. At least they have enough talent on that team. They have a defense to bring someone in that, I mean, Bring Tim Tebow in, for God's sake. At least he can – you know what I mean? I mean, bring somebody in that's got some kind of playoff experience, something. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about a washed-up, has-been quarterback like Indianapolis has right now in Hasselbeck, but I'm talking about somebody that could at least move the ball, give you a shot to win. Um, Tampa Bay didn't get the ball back, Jonathan. 6.38 left, it looks like. They needed that third down stop a minute ago. Didn't get it. Twenty-four to seventeen. We stand there. Cleveland all over San Fran, twenty-four to three. Mm-hmm. Rams beating Detroit, twenty-one to seven. I know you you like that one. The Jets all over the Titans, twenty-seven to eight. I mean, is there anything today that caught your attention in the NFL? Um, I mean, as far as it threw me off a little. Jacksonville's doing some big. I mean, they're they're beating down Indianapolis like a drum, and and that's caught my eye. I didn't see that coming. Um, I thought that'd be a good game. And believe it or not, it's gonna be the first time that the Colts have lost a divisional game since Peyton Manning was still on the roster. So I, that's that's really something that I I found pretty interesting. 
and I mean, has Seattle caught fire? Or has Seattle caught fire? Uh, they're at thirty-five to six right now. I know Baltimore's terrible, but I tell you what, that's a scary looking. You don't want to play them. No, you don't no, play I don't right want no now. part of them. And I hope if they're in the playoffs, they're that Carolina had to play them in the championship game or something, that they don't have to play them uh, right out of the wild card week. You know what I mean? When Seattle wins that first one and then they go to Carolina, don't want none of that. Mm -hmm. Don't want any of that. Um, Seattle's a scary team, and they're the kind of team, you got a chance to step on their throats, you do it, you kill them, you cut their head off, and now you let them breathe, and here they come, man. Uh, Pete Carroll's showing what kind of coach he is, man. He's a Phenomenal football coach in the NFL. You can't disagree with that. I don't care who you are, how bad you hate him. He knows why, he knows how to win football games. He knows how to build morale, and he's doing it. I mean, I left Seattle for dead, Jonathan, and then all of a sudden I saw him come back to life. It's it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah no, it really is. I mean, Pete Carroll's done a um, Pete's done a phenomenal job with with, with the Seahawks. Just right, you know, he's gotten this team to buy into him and his beliefs and his discipline and everything. He's done a great job. So the fact that this team is still alive and still in the hunt for the playoffs shouldn't surprise us. You know, in all reality, it shouldn't. You know, they weren't going to die easy. We all should have known this. We all should have seen it coming. We were just hoping and wishing in the back of our mind that it wouldn't happen. Yeah, and, and here they have a chance to, I mean, who's who's winning this division? Arizona's going to win the division probably but yeah. you know I'm just hoping something happens to Seattle and they because they have to play hopefully Arizona will beat Seattle and somebody else beat them and knock them out of the playoffs that's what I'm hoping because we know Arizona's in and we know that's going to happen but looking at these afternoon games there's some interesting games and am I crazy to sit here and think that Oakland is going to beat Denver in Denver I have a feeling about this game it's weird call your bookie now get the six take the money line, whatever you want to do. Tease it, parlay it, I don't care, just do it. Oakland over Denver today, Jonathan. Well, we disagree. Um, I think Oakland's Oakland at this point. You know, we all thought, oh, this is going to be cute, they're a nice little story, maybe they're going to win some games. Oh, look, they think they're going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, no, you're not. Go home. Go home. You don't belong in the playoffs. Go home. This defense for Denver, I think, is going to shut down Oakland again. And Osweiler is – I mean, honestly, Osweiler is a better quarterback right now than Tate Manning is. At the end of the day, that, that's, that's, that's the truth. So, I'm going to I'm, – I'm, I'm laying six in the – I'm laying six today. So, I, I hope you're wrong. Yeah, I just think the defensive coordinators now – this Osweiler kid came out of nowhere, really surprised people. And now it's going to be – now the debate's going to be after today. Do you bring Peyton Manning back? Is he healthy? What do you want? Because I don't think Osweiler's a guy that's going to be able to to get you into the playoffs really and do anything. They're going to need Peyton Manning. They're going to need a healthy Peyton Manning. And in the Detroit game, Detroit just recovered the onside kick. They were down 21-7, scored 21-14, got the onside kick. Here they go. Looks like they recovered the ball right here. So... Wild things happening in the NFL. And, hey, let's not forget Washington up 24-21 on the Bears with four minutes and some change left. Uh, Division leading Washington. Yeah, that's insane. 
How in the world can Chicago? How in the world can Chicago lay down with this team right here? And let's see. AJ McCarron drops back. AJ throws. AJ picks again. <laughs> Here he goes. Is this going to be the? Yes, he's picked off. AJ McCarron. Yeah, at, oh, at least he knocked. At least he knocked Catherine Webb out, right? I, I mean, goodness gracious. I, I question mm-hmm. if that's his kid or not. I question if that's his baby or not after watching that throw. Well, <laughs> well I, I'll leave it at this. That kid might come out a little too tan. Yeah. <laughs> that's wrong, Jonathan. That's wrong, man. And that's wrong, that's and I don't wrong. know what right is. I know. I'm joking with you. Hey, that's why we have Block Talk Radio. We can say what we want to for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Tampa Bay got the ball back. Now, let's see. With 531 left, famous Jameis. Now, look, this is what makes legends right here. This this kind of – this is why I called the show right now. I just knew if I started this show that Tampa would win this game and get Jonathan out of his depression for the day. So, he's, he's laughed a couple times on the show. Now, he's going to get to watch his team put it in overtime here in a minute. But – after watching Jameis Winston last week against Atlanta on that third and 19 or whatever it was, that he, he scrambled on and got the first down, won the football game. I'm interested to see, Jonathan. Do you think he can do it with 522 left? I I have full faith in Jameis as my quarterback. Um, oh, my obviously God. Obviously, he brought Big me a national championship in college. Big run by Martin right there. Huge run. Gained about 25, 30 yards. And the Saints, Here, here's the deal. The Saints, how much gas do they have left after last week against Carolina, having that lead like that and blowing it at the end, and now here they are again in the division game. And I just I just like Tampa Bay in this situation right now. And I don't know what happened, but the, uh, the Eagles got two points. I don't know how that happened, but Buffalo's down 22 to 20 uh, with 840 left. Yeah, 840 left. Oh my gosh, Cleveland twenty four to three. This NFL is just spinning my head right now with this red zone channel and all this stuff going on. But again, AJ I mean, McCarron with another pick. Just announced that. <laughs> I'm you know, I'm 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 peeking at the San Diego Kansas City game and I have to say, A, Kansas City's pit offensively is pitiful. I mean they're ten to three. I I understand why San Diego has three, but Kansas City only got ten points. That's sad. That's sad. We're watching this game, and I'll tell you what, Phillip Rivers, for all he's put up with in his career, deserves to go to a contender. He really does. He's a much better quarterback than what San Diego's putting him through. Yeah. Uh, he, he needs to go somewhere where he can win, you know? He yeah, needs to go I somewhere. agree. And D, D Ford, D Ford is going off right now. I just got a text from my brother-in-law. D Ford's going off right now on San Diego. That D Ford guy, he's a he's a machine. He was at Auburn anyway, but I like to see an Excellent Auburn excellent game today. Great. Yeah, and here comes San. That's an interference. My God, how do you not call that San Diego Kansas City game? Good <laughs> Lord, that's Sorry. good clean see, defense line. That's incidental contact. Yeah, I know. If you can't hey, tell who I bet on. Like 
know. I can tell. But, I mean, this is pretty fun doing the show. This is pretty fun doing the show like this during the during the fourth quarter right now. The Bills have the ball at their own twenty. Let's see, Jameis, what is he doing right now? Are they punting? I think it sounds about right. Good Lord, yeah, the Tampa's punting right now with four. Yeah, we got left. the midfield and punted. Wow. Well, we got to have a big stand right now coming up, but. In the afternoon games, I do like the Broncos or the Oakland to beat the Broncos. What do you think about this Dallas Green Bay game? I have a funny, sneaking, suspicious feeling that Dallas is going to play it close. So do I. I mean, there's just so you're, you're right. There's something off about this game, and I think it's been the way Green Bay's played all year. Um, you know, it's just they haven't really been playing that well. They're not really t- pulling away from anybody. Um, I think that, you know, Green Bay is going to wind up winning this game by three as Matthew Stafford throws an incomplete pass on fourth down. Great job, Detroit. Um, but, yeah, this just ought to be a close game. I know it's supposed to be that freezing rain up there today, so it might be a little fun to watch the game for uh, some sloppy play. That's all you have to do. Yep. Oh, look, San Diego down to the one. Big catch right here with 13 seconds, 12 seconds, no timeouts. That's the problem. Spike the ball, dude. All right, five seconds left. And there's a flag. It looks like they were offside. It looks like Kansas City was offside. Yep. So, five seconds left, Jonathan. What do you do right here at the one-yard line? Do you, do you quarterback sneak it? Do you hand it up the middle? Do you throw it once, try to catch them off guard? and hope the clock doesn't run out, what do you do if you're San Diego right now? If I'm San Diego, I have Antonio Gates and I have Ladarius Green. Um, I'm uh, I'm setting both those guys up and telling them, look, I don't care where you run. you got to run somewhere because both of y'all are tall. I'm going to hit you high, catch the ball, and get down. Uh, you know, I'm going to do the quarterback hitches, something. Well, there's a timeout, Kansas City on the field. I'm doing a – man, the quarterback sneak's risky. It's not like Rivers is some great runner. Or, you know, I've never seen him do many quarterback sneaks, but I'm sure he can get a yard. But I don't know. It's a tough one because you have no timeout. Can you throw mm-hmm. a pass in five seconds, really? Can you throw a pass and get away with it? You can, but you've got to – your guy – I mean, from as close as they are – you just need him to break out really quick. You just need Green or Gates to just do a quick out. Um, and I, whether the defender jumps it or not, that's the, that's the gamble. So now I don't know what happened with the Bills game and Eagles. I said it was 20, 22 to 20. That was wrong. CBS had it wrong. It's 20 to 20. Idiots. <laughs> you, don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't mess with the gambler on the dang score. You don't play around. No, 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 no. All right, they're in the shotgun, which I don't understand. Uh, they're in the shotgun. Here's the snap. He throws it. He throws it over. I don't know what he was doing. He threw the ball. <laughs> Are you watching it? Uh, I, I, my, my feed's behind yours, so I'll see it in oh about 15 God. seconds. Delay of delay of game. You get a delay of game down inside the one. Are you kidding me? Coming out of a timeout. Wonderful. 
Yeah, a delay of game, and now you're going to go for it. Now you have first and goal from the six. That's a lot different. Now there's only one option. Now you throw it, and you probably have time for one play, maybe two if you're yep. lucky. But I'm I'm saying Antonio, go get it, baby. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. And you know, All here right. here's one thing. The reason that was a delayed game was because Rivers came up and tried to make a pre-snap adjustment with five seconds left in the play clock. That's bad on him, not on the center. Yeah. And it looked like there was an interference, but they didn't call it. Cutler under two minutes, throwing it deep. Cutler's got a man. It's a push-off on Chicago, incomplete. They didn't call the flag, though. Let's see if Cutler can do it. But what a great play right here. Here we go. Two seconds left. Chargers down by a touchdown. This is the game right here. So we'll we'll stay live with you with San Diego, Kansas City right now. Then we'll get back to the Chicago Redskins game. I kind of like this, don't you, Jonathan? I always do. I mean, as much as I've grown to dislike the NFL um, just because of all the stupid rules, there's nothing nothing like watching Red Zone. All right, we got a false start on San Diego, which you know what's going to happen, the runoff. I think isn't there a runoff if you get a false start? Nah, uh, if it, if the clock stops, there shouldn't be a runoff. Okay, all right. I thought it was a, it was a false start. You had to. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm a radio host. What do I know? <laughs> what do you know? Blaine Gabbert threw a touchdown pass. Wow. He beat the Bears last week. Everybody's beating the Bears right now. Uh, the Bears are everybody's stepchild. Bears are trying to kick a field goal to tie this game up. Oh, Let's see what it. happens. When... Here's the Chargers' last play. Rivers touched. Oh, the guy dropped it right in his hands. And the Bears missed oh, the field goal, of course. So there's two bad things that happened right there. Rivers, game's over. Gold misses the kick. How long is it they're going to keep him employed in Chicago? He's stuck. I mean, that's it's a shame because Robbie, Robbie's an accurate kicker. I mean, he's 26 for 31 this year, which isn't awful. Um, it, it's Robbie, just amazing to Robbie. me how he can't, he can't sink the money ball this year. And he pushed that one. I mean, he really pushed that one. Good God, man. Call, call yourself an NFL kicker. I could do that right there. I could miss six field goals in a year. Trust me, I could. But give me the money. Show me the money. <laughs> Steelers Steelers are about to win. They're up 33-13. to 13. Seattle all over Baltimore. We're not just going to sit here and do play-by-play with you, but we just had to cover these last few games just to keep people updated. Buffalo 20-20 to 20 with the Eagles. 5.36 left. The Eagles have the ball. If they're on 34, just move it to the 40. So we'll keep you updated on that game. And we'll keep you updated if the Bucks ever get the ball back, man. I mean, that's that's why you don't punt it at midfield. That's why you have to move the football, right, John? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're getting that's this one back, man. Well, let's move to the NBA real quick. Golden State, the circus team, lost last night. They should have lost the night before. Uh, but how in the world, if you're Golden State, do you lose to the Milwaukee Bucks by 13? Well, 
Milwaukee's a husky <laughs> team. I, I want to make sure we give Milwaukee credit here. That's a that's a very good young team, um, and they were you know I, at the end of the day, they you know their shots found the bottom of the nylon and Golden State's didn't. Hats off to Milwaukee for it, and I thought it was hilarious that there was a whole uh, fan section there wearing twenty four and one shirts, and they wound up not wasting their money. I, I love that. That was fantastic. Well, just an update in the Eagles game right now. Ertz caught the ball on an illegal screen. It looked like a pick. They didn't call it. And then he face-masked the Buffalo guy all the way down the field. They didn't call it. So, Eagles are set up right now. What do you think about Chip Kelly calling? Uh, we'll get back to basketball in just a second. I wanted to talk to you about this. Chip Kelly called Shady McCoy this week just to talk to him, and he hung up the phone on him. I mean, what do you think about Shady McCoy? Who's wrong here? Is Chip Kelly wrong for calling him, or is Shady McCoy wrong for acting like a 12-year-old kid? Well, I think Shady's wrong for acting like a 12-year-old kid. I mean, if he if he decides to act like a grown man, just have a conversation with the guy, it'd be one thing. But, I mean, he gets traded, calls the guy a racist, which, you call me a racist, I ain't calling you to say hi. <laughs> and I sure as hell ain't calling it before we play. You're lucky I don't sock you right, for, right when you step on that field, okay? But, you know, he, you know, Shady needs to go ahead and grow up. The guy's trying to call and talk to you like a man, and you're going to hang up on him like a kid. You're going to come out in the media and run your mouth like some little punk. And then you wonder why people yeah. don't like you. You wonder why you got traded, because you're a jackass. I know Sonya was defending him earlier. And getting all over Chip Kelly, I had to tell her my opinion too. Was look, this Chip Kelly's reaching out to to try to mend something there. You know, he's trying to be the bigger person. You know, and he, that shows you he's just trying to make things right. You know, nobody wants to have hard feelings with somebody, and and then Shady does this crap. Look, you're not wanted in Philadelphia. That's it. It's a business. People trade you, right? I mean, it happens every year. It doesn't matter how good you are. There's a salary cap. There's other other needs on a team. We're not overpaying for some guy. Look, it shows Chip Kelly made the right decision by looking at it, didn't it? I mean, look at his attitude. Look how he is. It's all about me, 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 me. He's the racist. It's not Chip Kelly. Uh, I, I agree. I believe Chip made the right decision here. And, you know, I'm and by saying people get traded – not a more accurate statement could be made. And the best example of that is, everybody remember, the 49ers traded Joe Montana. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about I'm untradeable, the 49ers traded Joe Montana. Nobody's untradeable. Okay, just be lucky nope. that you get paid. Be happy that somebody gives you money to play a game. Exactly. I mean... You're making millions of dollars, and, I mean, whether you played in Washington, Buffalo, you could put me in with the Taliban. I wouldn't care, or with ISIS, if I'm making that kind of money. I mean, I wouldn't care where I was played. Mm-hmm. But this guy wants to be a diva. He wants to be somebody. Like, why did he even have to tell people that Chip Kelly called? Why? Why not just hang up the phone and not even mention it? You know what I mean? Why do you have to go out to the media and try to be the victim again? Uh, you know, my God. I just cannot stand him. I was hoping he'd break his leg today, honestly, or something, just to shut him up a little bit. I don't know, but uh, I, I just Wishful can't stand thinking. the guy. I, I really can't stand the guy. I know that sounds bad, but I, I can't stand him. I mean, it's 
I'm not hiding my feelings here. He's an idiot. He deserves everything he got. And you know what? Nobody else is going to want him either, Jonathan, because these coaches, they talk. They're a brotherhood, too. People forget that. The coaches and these owners, they're a brotherhood. The players are a brotherhood. But do you really want to take a chance on Shady McCoy after he comes out of Buffalo, after they get rid of him? What is he going to do? Who's going to want him? Yeah, exactly. I, I'm I'm not taking a chance on Shady, and I just want to remind people, you know, of Shady McCoy because he's so quick to scream racist. He always has been, uh, especially you know if you remember the Riley Cooper situation, and he didn't want nothing to do with Riley Cooper. Well, Shady, Riley Cooper, <laughs> you know, Chip, Chip Kelly traded you. Riley Cooper said a word. You beat up a stripper and then threw her off your bus on the highway. I mean, you want to talk about morals and ethics and being a better person? Look in the <laughs> damn mirror, man. You beat up a woman and threw her off a moving bus. Come on. Not, not only a woman, a stripper. <laughs> like, you paid for her to be there and then beat her up to throw her off a bus. Like, how are you going to do that? I mean, come on, Shady. What, 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 you couldn't make it rain or something? Was that the problem? When she laughed at you, you couldn't make it rain in there? I mean, same guy who had a only female party with, like, six of his buddies. So, I mean, I, 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 I really am just sick. Of, he was a great running back in college, and I was really excited. You know, I thought he was going to be an excellent football player. Um, I really did make coming to the pros. I liked him a lot at Pittsburgh. But as a human being... He's a piece of work that, in all honesty, if I'm that person, I'd be more inclined to spit in his face than to look up, than to shake his hands. I thought Sonia would definitely call in and talk about this. She would be all over us right now. Well, yeah, because we're racist. No, we're not racist. She wasn't. She 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 just doesn't think Chip Kelly was was in the right. Oh, Chip Kelly wasn't in the right to trade somebody. Well, you know, he's the general manager and coach of the team. So he gets to he gets to trade, cut, and sign whoever the hell he pleases. That's part of his job description. Whether you like it or not, deal with it. Well, he wasn't in the right to call him. So be a grown man and call somebody after somebody's been trashing his good name in public, I think that's the worst part about it, is that McCoy hasn't been, you know, just like, hasn't been leaking out. He he goes to the media, well, I got this to say about Chip Kelly. Do you not understand that you go to the media and say, sooner or later, he's got to react. Just as a grown man, he's got to react to you. Okay, and when, when he decides to say, call you like a grown man and say, look, all right, let's clear the air, let's cut the crap, and you hang up on him, and you tell the media, I won't shake his hand, you're going to look like a child. I mean, Mercedes, he won't get pushed out of the league. You know, I thought he might, but he won't because he's a talented running back. He's getting paid a lot of money. Rex Ryan's going to let him hang around. I mean, Rex Ryan made him a captain today. All right, so Rex Ryan's going to play his game for a while. But sooner or later, McCoy's going to find himself out of the league, and I bet you he does before McKelly does. And, and you know, I said that earlier on Sonny's show. I said that – you know, he loves controversy, and that's that's the coach we're talking about, Mr. Feet there. Uh, he loves controversy. He's going to use it to motivate his team and everything. Sometimes that can backfire on you because 
I don't know. Philadelphia is up twenty three to twenty right now. I don't. I just don't see. It. I, it's hard for me to pull for a shady McCoy character. And Sonya's going to call in in a minute and talk about this, and uh, mm-hmm. and, we'll, and we'll talk about it. I, what has Shady done today? All that mouth running, all that stuff. What has he done? What's his stat? Give me a stat. Oh, give me five, four, three, two. McCoy has 67 yards rushing on 19 carries. No touchdowns at all today. Wow, what a stellar day. I mean, touched the ball 23 times, has 102 total yards. Maybe maybe Chip Kelly was going to tell him some stuff how to make him better. I don't know, (laughs) but it looks like. It, it looks like the bigger man to me, honestly, and and I'm one of these people, and I pride myself on making things right with people if I can, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, if pride sometimes gets in the way, sometimes I don't allow it to, but I want things to be right. I want peace. If you and I have a beef, beef, Jonathan, if I can fix that beef, I'm gonna fix it, you know, and if even if it means, mm-hmm. you know, just hey, let bygones be bygones. We can disagree. That's fine. Just make it right. And that's what Chip Kelly was doing. My God, he's just reaching out. Just to say, hey, hope you have a good game. Good luck this week. That's probably what Chip Kelly was going to say. Chip Kelly wasn't calling him to harass him or anything. Do you think he was calling to to get in his head? He was just calling to probably just say, hey, you you think we can bury the hatchet? We have a game coming up. Let's just bury the hatchet. Good luck to you. You know, that's what I think Chip was going to do. So do I, because, I mean, We've never seen Chip be confrontational. Why would that change now? Um, you know, I thought Chip saw this as the perfect time for them to go ahead and look, let's have the conversation so that when we meet on the field, we can at least shake hands and, and you know, let everybody know we bury the hatchet. But I, I don't know, man. I just think the whole situation is just, it's a joke. And it's a shame because, it's just such a bad example at the end of the day because there are kids out there who see this and are watching this. Well, Carolina with a big pick right here up 38 to nothing. I mean, what a joke, Atlanta. I mean, good God. Dan Quinn was going to be the savior of Atlanta football. He sucks, too. Get him off my screen. I'm, I love living in Atlanta with these delusional fans. I do. I, I really do. I love that the Panthers are doing so good right now and people hate me because for the last five years I've been a Panthers fan. I actually like the Panthers before Cam, but I've never been really uh, an NFL fan. Jonathan, I've, I go from – I like a, the players. Now, I like Peyton Manning at Indianapolis. I liked Indianapolis during that time. I hated Tom Brady back when he was doing all that stuff, but I like him a lot more now. But you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a team hopper. But I really like Cam Newton, so Carolina's my team. Is that is that understandable? To me, it is because I, you know, you're not from an NFL city. You're not being really, you know, you're not from an NFL state. You know, you're not a man boy. Yeah. So who are you going to claim? Yeah. The Saints or the Falcons or the Titans? You get to pick your team. Um, <laughs> the fact that you've decided I'm going to follow guys who come from my favorite college school. That's that's perfect. I like that. It's not a bandwagon fan. You have a legitimate reason no. for why you're rooting and following that that team. I mean, there are certain you know players what? who I'm a fan of. Last year. And you know what? Mm-hmm. 
you know, every game last year they had a losing record. I was still pulling for them and everything. I love the fact that they they won a playoff game. But I've been setting this table for Carolina. It took them getting to the playoff. They lost to the Giants, or the Niners beat them down. And, and I think they might have lost to the Giants. I can't remember. But then last year, I think going on the road to see – winning that Arizona game was huge. Going to Seattle, yeah. playing a competitive game. It was a good game. They – Carolina had nothing to hang their head about in that game. And I think mm-hmm. they, they, you have to build your way up when you're a team like Carolina. When you're a two-win team coming up, you don't go from – it's not like college. You don't go from a two-win team in the NFL to the Super Bowl, really, do you? I mean, it, you have to build it. It takes steps, especially with a rookie right. quarterback. It took, it took steps, steps. And I think they're finally at that step. Is Cam Newton your MVP real quick, Jonathan? Is Cam the MVP yes. of the NFL right now? Yes, no doubt about why it. Is, why, is, why is Thomas Davis not in the Pro Bowl? Really? Are you kidding me? Because nobody knows who he is. And that's the best part about Carolina's defense. In all reality, it is a true no-name defense. And Josh Norman at corner, my God, he's a lockdown corner that nobody ever talks about. Well, that's because the only, the only reason anybody knows who Josh Norman is is because him and Cam got to that training camp fight. I showed you fifty-one to sixteen Jacksonville over Indianapolis right now. I mean, put the bags over your head, Colts fans. I mean, call Tony Dungy, call somebody that cares, somebody that can help you. Get Peyton Manning back in his youth. Buffalo <laughs> with a huge, huge sack at the two-minute warning. Oh my God, Bradford made the dumbest mistake and didn't throw the ball away. Buffalo with one timeout will be receiving the punt at the two-minute warning here with a chance to do something, and hope they do. But uh, let's see if Sonya's on yet. Let me see if she's no, she hasn't called in yet. We may come back to Shady, but let's go to the Heisman Trophy real quick. Last night, and mm. I've got a vent. I've got a vent a little bit. And first of all, congratulations to Derrick Henry. Um, mm-hmm. The longest speech I've ever heard in my life at a Heisman. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever heard one longer. Nick Saban fell asleep. I thought Spurrier was about to uh, pass out, actually. His knees were going to lock. But, look, Henry, you, you, had, a, you had a great year. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I looked at the voting, and I'm going to tell you what happened, Jonathan. McCaffrey was a close second in that one. And uh, mm-hmm. what's the kid's name? Watson for Clemson was a close – he was third. It was a very close race for the top three. I think the ballots were turned in early, and I think – had everyone voted the day after the championships, I think we might have a different winner. I think you're right. Uh, I do. And it's amazing because um, Derek won five of the six regions, which um, I think we should have expected, unfortunately. I mean, once Vegas had him as an odds-on huge favorite, I think we all knew that you know the, the, they had the scoop. We they, they knew who was winning the Heisman, and yeah. I think that they had weighed in until after that that USC game for Stanford, the second one, where McCaffrey has a phenomenal game. I think that McCaffrey wins that Heisman. I just find it to be somewhat just the coincidence, the irony, however you want to put it behind it, where an Alabama running back has now won two Heisman's. I mean, it's amazing that it took them so long to win a Heisman. But now they've won two in six years, and it's been a running back full time, and the kid who finished second to them was a running back for Stanford, who statistically was far superior, 
and probably should have won the award. I agree. I thought about that last night as well. Mark Ingram, look, Henry winning it is a lot more understandable than Mark Ingram. I'll be honest with you. Mark Ingram robbed the Heisman Trophy. I mean, he should never have been a Heisman Trophy. Now, Trent Richardson, somebody like that, Henry, yeah, Henry had a great year, John. I'm not taking that away from him at all. Mm -hmm. And I I think all three candidates were good. But what about this Stanford kid? Let's talk about him a minute. He goes to class, and, and, and Stanford doesn't care if you're a football player or not. Their, mm-hmm. their curriculum, what you have to do to make your grades, instead of pumping iron and juice for four hours a day, this kid's probably having to hit the book. He couldn't go on an interview with Colin Coward the other day on Fox because he was writing a paper, so David Shaw came in his place. Um, I mean, I, I just think what he's able to do physically there with his numbers and – be an A student at Stanford like that. That's that's saying something. What about the Navy quarterback not even getting an invite, for God's sake? I mean, it's just – the Heisman Trophy is a joke to me, what it stands for. you got to look at the whole body of work. Henry's a great player. But this McCaffrey kid, what he did this year was unbelievable. And the Navy quarterback, what he's done for four years. Sometimes I think the Heisman should be a four-year award too, right? I mean, you should look at the whole body of work of a kid. Well, and that's why Ron Dane won the Heisman. The only reason Ron Dane won a Heisman was because it, it literally was a career achievement. And you saw that a little more in the 90s where guys were rewarded for being great football players and having great careers. And, I mean, the fact that Keenan Reynolds finished fifth and didn't even get an invite kind of bothers me. It really does. Because the year of James from the Heisman, there was five or six guys there. You know, they could have invited him. And everybody would have loved it to have him come in dressed in his military fatigues after a huge game, getting a helicopter in New York, would have been great for the Heisman Trust. And I think they really missed an opportunity there. I, I do too. And I understand the Oklahoma quarterback not getting an invite. I get it. I mean, I understand. But sometimes out of respect for what these guys do, you, you give the guy a dinner for his career. Not – not some guy that quit at Texas Tech and walked on at Oklahoma. I get that. Yeah, I don't want him either. But what Watson came from, what he's done, and I know he's a sophomore, the kid is freaking amazing, not only on the field but off the field. I don't know who Henry is off the field. Do you? I mean, no, I don't know who I, he I is. I don't. I mean, he's a Florida kid, and I kind of shame myself for not knowing more about Derrick Henry, but – once it became obvious he wasn't going to be a Florida State uh, kid, I, I lost interest in him. You know, he was either going to go to Alabama or Florida. We we all knew that from the get. Um, and the the scene where, you know, his grandmother was at the hospital and when he was announced to for the Heisman, I mean, that was that was touching. And I, lo- I love that. I love yeah. seeing that. Cause that's, that's what it's about at the end of the day. But the fifth best running back in college football just won the Heisman, and that 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 bothered me a little bit. Yeah, and I look at the running backs, Fournette. Look, Alabama's defense prevented Fournette, not not Henry. Henry had nothing to do with Fournette's performance that night, and I think Fournette's honestly a better. And when you look at the NFL, I think you'll see Fournette will be a better running back. Dalvin Cook, I think, is a better running back. Um, I just do. 
I, I just really do. I think I think he's a better quarter, he's a better running back. Who else are we talking about here? Who's a who else would you put in that in that category? As you say the top five, who else would you say is better? I'd say Dalvin, Fournette, McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott are all better running backs than Derrick Henry. Um, and I've debated between Elliott and Henry, to be honest. But at the end of the day, I think Henry, uh, I think Elliott's a better running back than him. Why I think Cook and McCaffrey are better is that you can actually use them out of the backfield more than you can Henry. Um, and that means something. You know, that's the difference between the three down and the two down back. You know, and all honestly, Christian yep. McCaffrey's a four down back because he returns the kick. I mean, I, I just thought that out of any of the running backs who deserved it the most, it was definitely Christian. And not for nothing, but Dalvin got seven first-place votes this year. And that's not because you saw a lot of – it wasn't, you know, oh, well, you know, they're all biased voters. Yeah, one guy from Tallahassee put in a vote, and the writer from um, Tampa Bay Times put in a vote. A lot of the times is Gator fan. Let's, let's not get twisted. Uh, so he got, he got to witness both running backs tear – he got to witness three. Three of the top five running backs tear him up this year. And statistically, Dalvin was the best running back against Florida – Dalvin faced more top top uh, 50 rush defenses than any of these other schools. And, you know, he had a higher yards per carry. He had more explosive runs. And he was up there for yards per game as far as rushing runs. I mean, if Dalvin doesn't get hurt and miss the, uh, almost that whole Wake Forest game and he's out for the Syracuse game, and then if he's not dinged for Clemson and Georgia Tech, I tell you, Dalvin wins that Heisman. I tell you that right now. I mean, we're 11 1, possibly, and he's there at least. You know, it's just something else. I think you know, we're, we're blessed to see it. We got so many great running backs, and they're all <laughs> McCaffrey's yeah. back next year, Cook's back next year, Fournette's back next year. I mean, we're going to see some awesome running backs again next year. This is phenomenal. I mean, college football so, so tell isn't you this, in a better state. College, I'm going to tell you this. I was thinking last night, Watson's going to be possibly winning a championship this year. And guess who Watson and Clemson open up with on the road next year, John? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. Auburn in the jungle. Oh, Lord. See, that's why I love college football. But here's some news in college. Rebel star Robert Kendici stable after fall from 15-foot wall. Ole Miss defensive tackle reportedly fell 15 feet after breaking an Atlanta hotel window, climbing a wall. And then falling from it. What does he think? He's Spider-Man. Um, he's in stable condition. It appears that the victim broke the window and then walked approximately 15 feet and climbed over a wall and fell approximately 15 feet. Kendichi was found conscious and transported to the hospital. What in the world? There was a small amount of marijuana found in his hotel room, and narcotics responded to the scene. It's more than marijuana. He must have had some crack or something. What do you think? Uh, yeah, that, that looks very, very bad at the end of the day. Um, the more that gets uh, leaked out from that. <laughs> I mean, he ain't playing in the ball game, I'll tell you that much right now. He, he, he ain't going to make the Sugar Bowl. And isn't it finals week? I mean, what's he doing in Atlanta? Isn't it finals week? And, and, and I, know, I know it is for it's most old, of the country. It's Ole Miss, man. It's Ole Miss. They don't take finals. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean... This whole thing just doesn't smell right. Um, uh, there, there might be some extended repercussions from this. And you know what? Not for nothing, but we uh, – Florida State opens with Ole Miss next year in the Citrus Bowl. He might be suspended for that game. 
And I'll take that any day, well, to be honest with you. Well, he's going to the NFL anyway, you know? Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's right. He he is going to leave. So what, what does it matter to him? It's kind of like uh, uh, John it's Jenkins for Georgia character. when he got kicked out right before uh, the exam. And he just looked up and said, well, I'm going to the NFL anyway, so what's the matter? Yeah, you know, I mean, come on, like Q Freeze, that that class the boosters paid for, he's a part of it. Robert Kendichi, is he a thug, Jonathan? That's the number. I mean, come on, you breaking windows, you climbing out. Hold on, we got a caller from the six two six. Is this big dog? What's up? What's up, big dog? Thanks for the message that the Eagles clinched with an interception right there. How's everything going with you, buddy? Uh, going good. I was just going to comment on that on, on the report you got about uh, the running back or uh, what is he uh, defensive tackle, the one who fell through. Well, you have it as a 15 foot fall. The report I have from 24 seven sports says he fell through a fourth story window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw I saw that too. I'm Man, he is Superman, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Omar from the wire did that and broke his leg. Nika Diki does it and he gets scratches. What is he on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, man! Fourth story, man. I mean, God. And they said there was marijuana found. What else was found in that room, yeah. big dog? What are you? What are you? What are you thinking here? Oh, he was he was hyped up on something other than marijuana. <laughs> Probably. You know, he thought I guess he thought he could fly for whatever reason and <laughs> well, he had a good party. You know, these old men. He has he has some high characters like Hugh Freeze was talking about. Like Jonathan said, it's finals week here and, and at Ole Miss they're they're athletes, they don't take finals. They get eight, they move on. But obviously <laughs> yeah. this guy I need to go down here in Atlanta and find out where he's at and See how far he <laughs> fell from. Maybe I need to do some investigative reporting here. Okay, uh, okay. I'm reading the article, and I guess we're both right. It says that uh, a small amount of marijuana was found. It said the window was also broken. It appears that the victim broke the window uh, from the fourth floor, walked approximately 15 feet, and climbed over a wall, and then fell on approximately <laughs> 15, 15 feet. So I guess it must have been like a balcony on the – on the next floor down or something? Doesn't really say, know. but it says that, that he was on the fourth floor and that he fell approximately 15 feet. So it sounds like maybe there was an overhang or maybe that's where the pool area was. Who knows? Uh, but it says uh, the GI squad and the narcotics unit uh, responded to the scene along with crime scene unit. God. It's probably the dog that was chasing him and knocked him off. It's probably the dog <laughs> came, through the, came through the door. He jumps out, he busts the window, and jumps out. Cujo was after him, big dogs. Cujo was there after you go. him. Sonny says hello, by the way, big dog. He, he's listening no. to the show right now. Tom, I said hi. Or, hi, Sonny, how's it going? <laughs> hey, I, I, think, watching... I, think Roger, I think Roger had the same prediction I had. I heard heard y'all yesterday talking about Oakland beating the Broncos, and I'm I fell bait to that, man. Rogers taught me and scorekeepers taught me into taking Raiders today. They're down three to nothing right now. Yeah, I saw that. And um, I guess I, well, I'm on red zone, so I keep going back and forth. Now they're showing uh, Dallas Green Bay. Denver. That should be a good game. 
Yeah, that, that should be. I, I love Red Zone, man. That's one of the the best inventions ever made. Sonny got me to doing Red Zone, actually. He, he told me I wasn't, you know, I was missing out on football. And I was one of those guys who liked to watch one game at a time. But now yeah, with the whole Red Zone and, and, and NFL package, I can watch them all, man. That's a, I'm spoiled rotten when it comes to NFL football. Yeah. And I lucked out because my cable company, Charter, I threw it into my, my package that I had. I didn't even know I had Red Zone until I tried it one day. And I was like, oh, shoot, I have, I have Red Zone. So I've been watching it ever since. Jonathan, do you watch Red Zone or do you watch? Uh, I watch Red Zone because I I can't I can't watch the Bucks anymore. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I, I I watch Red Zone. I actually do it through a, an online feed now. I when I had Verizon Files, when Red Zone first came out, and they gave it to us as part of you know the package, and then they were like, yeah, no, it's eighty bucks a year, and we're like, no. No, I can I can get it for free online. I'll I'll, I'll take that any day. I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you what I like about the ticket is NFL Sunday ticket the I guess the highest package you can watch an entire NFL game in thirty minutes. So it, you know if you got a day to sit around and watch football, you can watch all the games before the next week. Big dog. I mean that's that's fun to do if you want to watch a full game with no commercials, no huddles, no no really bull crap. Just watch the football game. Oh, that's pretty good. That uh, well, they don't. Unfortunately, though, they don't offer the the NFL package. They only offer the red uh, red zone. So, but uh, shows you how much commercials and all the other crap that they do. If, if it's a thirty minute game and <laughs> and it, it, we take three hours to watch it live. <laughs> well, big dog, I have you on here. We we were talking about we were getting started talking about Golden State. I mean. Yep. Jonathan was giving Milwaukee some credit. I mean, how in the world do you lose to Milwaukee by, what, 13 points last night? Yeah. You're, you're the best team in the NBA. How do you do that? Well, they were coming off that tough back-to-back win uh, in Boston, so they had to fly uh, to Milwaukee. And I'm not sure how the weather was, but I knew they were going to be tired. I mean, double overtime, they squeaked it out versus Boston. That was uh, Friday night. And I was telling my buddy um, – when we were talking about it, I'm like, Milwaukee's primed for this one because these guys are going to be tired for traveling. And Milwaukee's one of those upstart uh, young teams that know they have nothing to lose and everything to gain if they can do it. And they did. Mm-hmm. They put on a good game and, uh, you know, everybody was tired. I still think San Antonio is the best team in the NBA right now. Am I crazy to think that? Nope. Not at all. They are, they are the, 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 probably the best, Team that's no that no one is talking about because they are they I believe they have the second best record in the NBA. I think they only have like four losses, and they're just chugging along they like they five. always do yeah. under under the radar. And uh, well, Golden guys, State's you know, a three point team. That's all they can do is shoot yes. threes. That's all Golden State yep. can do. Yeah, and you know that, that's my that's my old adage always. You know, you live by the three, you're going to die by the three. They left mm-hmm. out in the playoffs. You know, they, they made those threes when they had to. So, you know, that's why they're champs. But Curry's having an, an unbelievable season. I mean, this guy this guy's averaging five makes, five three-point makes a game on the average. Oh, 
There goes there goes Dallas. Yep. Just broke a, there, just broke there a goes run McFadden with a, with a yep. yep big run down deep in in, in Green Bay's territory. But I don't think Curry's the best player in the NBA though. I mean, he's great at shooting threes. That's his art. But you yeah. know, I just my, my, I just don't think he's the best. I don't know. If, I think LeBron to me is a total package. That his physique, oh, as yeah. big as he yeah. is. I still have to go with LeBron. Curry's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I, I really yeah, like I him. You... Let's go over some standings in the NBA. Your Lakers with a Ugh. not doing too good, and, and my Lakers too. I like the Lakers. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they, they're, they're, at, no, they you don't don't even sugarcoat it. They're they're Brian. Uh, they they suck. They're not. It's not that they're not doing oh, good. They, they suck right now. <laughs> three and three and twenty one. I mean, Jonathan, yeah. I mean, I'm a Lakers guy, too. I've loved the Lakers. I like watching those days with Larry Bird and Johnson and all of them. How long is it going to take, Jonathan, in your opinion, and then we'll go to Big Dog, how long is it going to take for the Lakers to get over this hump and be able to be competitive again in the West? It's just, man, it's bad right now. Well, I mean, as long as L.A. doesn't lose their draft picks to the Sixers this year, because uh, they their their first round picks only top three protected. So if uh, if they don't finish in the top three of the lottery, then they lose their pick to uh, the Sixers, which I mean obviously would be great for for them, be awful for LA right now. So if they get that pick and they're able to to grasp somebody that's talented, um, I think they can you know and they're gonna have money. They can get a free agent signing because. When you tell somebody, look, we got this guy who we just drafted, you know, let's say number three overall. We got D'Angelo Russell. We got Julius Randle. You can go to some superstar and say, look, you, you want to come here. We got a good young team for you to play with. Kobe's gone. You ain't got to worry about him. I mean, it's your team. So the Lakers can make a comeback quick, but they've got to get Byron Scott out of there. Byron Scott is awful as a head coach. I mean, when he just up and decides, oh, I'm going to go ahead and sit the two young guns, it was just it was it was asinine. How do you sit D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle? I mean, how do you do that? That's stupid. Playing twenty minutes a game, those guys need to be playing thirty minutes a game so they can progress. Well, well, well big dog. Thank God for the late. Thank God for Philadelphia right now, right? <laughs> well, yes and no because we're, we're that's we're their one win. God damn it! <laughs> but. Uh, Jonathan's actually absolutely right. It's gonna take it's gonna take them two to three years uh to get to get back to at least playoff contention. The big problem that that's bothered them the last two to three years has been Kobe Bryant. Um I I said when they gave him that two year fifty eight million dollar contract, you know, when he had his Achilles tendon injury, that was one of the stupidest moves. They handcuffed the team, Kobe's attitude you know, is well known throughout the league, and that's why these superstars take a look, and then they hear Kobe, and from what I've read, all, all the uh, interviews that they come in and talk to him, Kobe's just kind of like, you know, okay, yeah, you're going to come here, you're a superstar where you're at, but I'm the man here. I still get the ball the majority of the time, and if there's there's room for you to have the ball, then we'll give you the ball. So no superstar is going to want to come do that, knowing Kobe is was is on the decline, and back then he was still on the decline. And the fact that he's gone, I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for the Lakers to to grab one great um, superstar, possibly two, because the new money is going to kick in after the end of the season. So the uh, 
uh, the, the money's going to be there. It's going to go up to, I believe, it's going to be like $103 million from the 62 or 52 that it's at now, so it's almost going to double uh, mm-hmm. as far as the, free, the salary cap is concerned. So they're going to be able to afford some players, and, you know, we have that young crew. And I agree also. I was happy at first when I first heard Byron was coming here because I thought they needed that type of direction from a, uh, from a, a more stern type of a coach. But I don't know what's on Byron's mind this year, but he is I, – I don't know where he's getting this. I don't know if he's going to the Jim, the Jim Buss school of coaching because, you know, he's coaching the way Jim Buss is running the team, which is lousy. And I, I, I don't know what he's thinking. It's the same, you know, same thing as, as what Jonathan was saying about benching D'Angelo Russell and, and Clarkson. I mean, and Randall, you, you don't bench those guys. Okay, those are our young stars. They need to learn whether it's – by losing, at least they're going to learn through the experience of being on the floor. You can't learn from the bench. Yep. You can only learn, learn so much sitting there. You know, they have to be in the yep. game. So we'll see. Unlike football. Unlike football. But, hey, we, we talked about something earlier. Sonia's about to be with us. Big dog, I want your opinion. I don't know. Maybe you haven't heard this. Did you hear about Chip Kelly Contacting, trying to contact Shady McCoy this week, and Shady McCoy hung up on him. Did, have you heard of that story? Uh, kind of, sorta. I didn't really. Um, I saw a couple of the reports on, online, but I didn't click on them. Uh, <laughs> that's very interesting right. <laughs> that he hung up on him. Well, Sonia, <laughs> Sonia, Sonia's gonna come on and give us her opinion. Jonathan and I, we believe that you know he was trying to make things right with him. The timing, I guess. We, we could discuss that, but we're going to bring Sonia on, see what she's got to say about it. Sonia, welcome to Way In Sports. How you doing? Hey, sweetie. I had to give. A, I had to go through my Falcons rant for a minute because I'm sick of this. <laughs> What's wrong, uh, man? Why... The Falcons played good today. What are you talking about? Yeah, they yeah, were excellent. Did. They played great for the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure what, what's the they all, they should have all been wearing Panther blue. <laughs> Tell me, tell me, what's the problem in Atlanta? What's the problem? problem in Atlanta is that Dimitrov needs to be fired. He should have been fired. Blank should have just cleaned house because it makes no sense. Hire this hey, Sonia, Sonia I'm, having, I'm having a lot of background noise. Can you check? Me too. I can, I can hear it. It's not us. Okay, we don't have anything okay. That was Big Dog. Big Dog, I muted you just for a second. Okay, go ahead. Okay. But as I was saying, Dimitrov got hired from New England, and for some reason, I guess Arthur Blank thought that he was the reason that New England had success. It sure is funny. New England is still winning, and the Falcons are still sucking. So he needs to go. Dan Quinn, I give him – he gets a pass because he inherited this mess. But it makes no sense when the best player on the team, Julio Jones and, and Devontae Freeman, are giving their effort every week, and we have games like this. I'm sick of it. I'm done. I am done. And then they want, look, they want to build them a new stadium. Okay, how are you going to build? You can't even build a team. Okay, you're going to build, build a stadium. If you build they will come. Yeah, it's like I'm not spending – I'm so upset with Falcons fans because they accept this. You know, I'm a Bama fan, so you know, you know how our expectations are high. And a lot of Falcons fans got upset with me last year when I said this, but now they're, they're agreeing with me because I'm like, you guys accept this. You keep spending your money. You keep buying the merchandise. You need to hit them where it hurts. Don't spend your money on bad product. And then they sit here and say, oh, that's okay. No, it's not okay. We did, Dude, did you see the score? I mean, not a sa- we couldn't get a safety, a field goal. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's, I'm sick of it. So 
I had to get that out first. Yeah, anyway. They, and they got out early, too. I mean, Cam got out 21 nothing on them, and it was just like they quit. It was oh, like, they lit them up. You know, you know you know, you know something's wrong when they want to fist fight and start fighting more than they do want to play football. You know something's going exactly. on in there. Exactly. And people need to understand the difference in college and pro. These when these when you look at these Falcons players, they don't care. They're gonna get a check either way. Okay? They're gonna get a check. So we need to get some of those that that mentality that's in the Falcons camp, get that out and get more people like Julio and Devontae who want to win, who have the will to win. And I'm sorry, Matty Ice, dude, bruh, bruh, it's time for you to hang it up. I need you to go, you need to go play Xbox, you need to go golf, maybe you call Steve Spurrier, but you ain't getting it done. Go somewhere else. You got to do something. I don't know, we would send you down to the practice team, I don't know what we need to do, but we need to get somebody in here who can actually motivate these players. I think Dan Quinn is a good hire. But, we ha- you know, he's got to deal with this right now. And it's so messed up because there are so many people that are behind the Falcons and have been for so long. But, I, I mean, I've been here since 81. Other than we went to the Super Bowl and lost, we always lose. And I keep saying, do not tell me anything. Everybody's like, how come you're not wearing Falcons gear and you're wearing Bama gear? I will rise up when they do. <laughs> That's going to be right a long now, they time ain't until they get a quarterback. Until they get an owner and a quarterback. I mean, somebody that really they, cares about – like, you're right. You're right, Tanya. And these Atlanta Falcons fans around here, they accept this. And they're not, like, down and out about it. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll be back next year. We'll be back next yeah. year, even better than ever. And I'm like, really? You say that every year. Exactly. Thank you, Tarvin. Every single year is, oh, well, they did good. No, they didn't, sweetie. Did you not see the schedule? I mean, seriously, after midseason, I'm like, okay, you know what, lose. Because at least you, we're playing for a draft pick now. Forget a spot, you know, in the playoffs. No, we're playing for a draft pick. So everybody need to lose so we can get that draft pick. But we still going to screw it up because they're going to pick somebody that sucks and they're going to come in and they're going <laughs> to get infected by that same attitude and we're going to keep going through the same old stuff. So as of right now, I am on the Panthers bandwagon, and I am on my husband's Vikes team. Skull Vikes, roll tie roll. Yeah, and you know, you, you know, you have, uh, you have, like you said, Julio. He's won a national championship in college. Dalvin Cook, he's won a or, or Freeman, he's won a national championship in college. And you know, they're they're trying to get those players in. You know, it's got to be frustrating for players that's won championships to exactly. have to suck this bad. It, it killed Cam Newton his first couple of years not to be able to win, you know, and, like, you just right. can't do it. You just can't take it over. It just killed him, and now look at him. Probably exactly. the best player in the NFL right now. He sure is, and I'm going to tell you something. What I thought, like, when they when they brought Julio in and they brought, you know, they, they made some great draft picks, and I'm like, okay, we've got some, some players who have that attitude, that winning attitude, but it's like they're the only ones that care, and they're the only ones that are giving. The rest are just like, Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to get paid. What's going on at the club tonight? No, they need to go. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I am so watching the Falcons lose every single year. I feel like a UGA fan. Next, We're rebuilding. Dude, y'all need some new teams. And a Braves fan. And yeah. a Braves fan, right? Braves yeah, and then fan. we're giving them a new stadium. Uh-uh. No, they don't deserve a new stadium until they get a new attitude. No, let them play in the parking lot. That's a good. That's a good point. Put him in the parking lot. Well, Sonia, I'm not going to say much on this. So we've already called Jonathan. They can come back. But uh, Chip Kelly, 
called, oh. decided to call Shady McCoy this week. And uh, I know I saw your Facebook post, me and you posted a couple things. Um, you were against it. You were like, what are you doing, Chip Kelly? I was thinking more along the lines of maybe he was trying to make things right, but it was the the game week, which is kind of odd, you know, maybe. Uh, exactly. What, what are your thoughts is, uh, on all this? Well, what happened, We because, you know, every Sunday I watch NFL game day morning. <laughs> I watch all my – every weekend I watch all of my sports shows. And they had an interview with LaShawn McCoy, and um, Michael Irvin, of course, Marshall Falk, Mooch, all of them were talking about it. And what happened is – um, LaShawn McCoy, he got a phone call. He didn't recognize the number. So he answered it, and it was Chip Kelly. So he hung up. And, you know, at first, the first, at the first call, it was more like, okay, there's nothing really for us to talk about. Plus, I'm playing you this Sunday, so we don't need to talk. He kept calling. Every time he called, LaShawn would hang up. So when they did the interview with LaShawn, and he actually said, he said, look, we're not friends. We're not enemies. I just, there's nothing for us to discuss. I am a bill. I am not an eagle anymore. So there's really nothing for us to talk about, and he is absolutely correct. If if Chip Kelly was trying to make amends with him, he had all of this time before December 13th to call him and make amends. But you're going to wait until the week of the game, and you're going to call a player that's not on your team, a former player that's not on your team, that has no communication with you, and what – Seriously, what are you going to talk about? Why are you calling him? You don't do that. Just imagine if, if Nick Saban was trying to call, let's just say, Reuben Foster was was a, was a uh, uh, Auburn Tiger, okay, and Nick Saban was trying to call Reuben Foster before the Auburn, the Iron Bowl. Why? It makes no sense. So well, to I'm me, Tim Kelly is just making some mistakes. He just needs to just chill out. And they def- they reamed him. I mean, he was getting reamed on every show, mainly because of the fact that he's lost the locker room. There are so many players speaking out and so many things going on in that locker room that Eagles fans are just kind of like, and I, and I, I can be an, uh, an honest witness here. I dated a guy from Philly. I've been to two games in Philly. Philly fans are bat poop crazy. That is not a joke. Those people are crazy. They are serious. They do not care. If they throw batteries at Santa Claus, then who is Chip Kelly? That's how Eagles fans are. They are sick of it. So I really think at this point, and Jason and I were talking about it, I don't know if the players are not giving 100% to try to get rid of them, you know, what's going on, but he has lost that locker room. And one thing that Michael Irvin and Marshall Falk were talking about is they had talked to several players, and they said that he was in there basically begging them to play, begging them to give an effort. If you are a head coach and you are begging your players, professional players, to play, you don't need to be the head coach. You should never have to beg your players to give an effort. You should never have to beg them to play. They should want to play. You should be able to instill that into them. But because of the moves that he's made and, you know, certain, certain players that he's gotten rid of and things like that, he's lost the respect of the players that he did have. Now, they have been playing well now, you know, the past couple of games. I'll give him that credit there. But as far as a whole, that team is not cohesive. And that was the, the main topic of conversation on NFL game day this morning. Jonathan, your thoughts? Uh, before, I'm sorry to, to, to jump in real quick. I just got an uh, ESPN notice about Andy Dalton. Uh, he has a broken bone in his hand and will miss next week's game. Okay. Yeah, Who do they play next week? Denver. Denver. No, no, that's oh, week God. seventeen. That's week sixteen. 
Yeah, oh, Dalton's out, oh, and Cincinnati. so is Thomas the Seahawks. He broke his foot. Yeah, yeah, they in trouble. Cincinnati just went from a home field advantage, possibly losing the day to Pittsburgh, to possibly going on the road or hosting the wild card game. You never know how that division is going to work out. But, but Jonathan, if after you heard what Sonia said, are you are you more along the lines of understanding that Chip Kelly maybe shutting the calls this week, or are you sticking by your guns earlier? Oh, no, I, I I understand exactly why Chip Kelly called, and I don't fault him at all for it. Uh, once McCoy came out and they asked him, you know, and this was a public interview, this was played over and over again, you know, are you are you going to shake Chip Kelly's hand? I ain't shaking, you know, crap. And it's like, well, I mean, thanks for being honest, but at the same time, you know, now, now you know you're going to have to look at a response from him. Chip was... And and I'm looking at it going, Chip was probably trying to see if he calmed down by the time this game got around so he could try to talk to him like, you know, two civilized grown adults. And I'm you know, the way I look at it, McCoy's not happy he got traded. He's upset he got moved. And I and he's even more upset he got traded and then they signed Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray. And I think if they if the Eagles hadn't signed DeMarco Murray, McCoy probably wouldn't have been as upset. I will say that. But because they went ahead and spent the money that they saved by trading McCoy and spent it on two running backs, he he got a little upset about it because they you know they lied. They said what well, we did as a cost cutting move when really he didn't cut cut costs. So I get that. But at the same time, yeah. there's got to come a point in time when you answer that phone call and and you have that conversation of all right, let's just let bygones be bygones. You don't have to have a three hour powwow. Just a five minute all right. We'll, we'll you know let's just let what happened happen. That way there's no more negativity surrounding us in the media because you're right. Rashawn McCoy is Buffalo Bill now. But somehow Chip Kelly still gets brought up around him. So I think, you know, it's, it's the whole we just need to get rid of that little toxic part of it. And at the same time, Chip Kelly's trying to do a little bit of damage control because you have guys like Deshaun Jackson and McCoy who don't mind throwing right hooks at him now and then. Who, you know, they, they, they don't mind calling him out. And I think Chip Kelly's trying to not only make himself favorable in the locker room, like Sonny is mentioning, but he's trying to make himself look favorable around the league because the reports have been that he's gone at the end of the year. He would like to have another head coaching job in the NFL. He doesn't want to go back to college. He doesn't want to go back and recruit full year. He likes the NFL where he actually gets a little bit of an offseason. So I think he's trying to mend any busted relationships right now. Yeah, his timing was just wrong, though. <laughs> College players are yeah, the that's game. Right. That's, that's, that's debatable. Yeah. That's, that's debatable no matter how you look at it. Because when they when the game came on, he was saying hello to his old teammates. They were giving hugs. He was cool with all of the players, so that was cool. There was no no tension. I mean, if you watch Red Zone, they always go behind the scenes. So you you see the stuff you don't see on regular TV, you know, regular CBS or Fox or whatever. But with it, the whole thing just rubbed me the wrong way as far as the fact that he kept calling him, he kept calling him. And it's like, okay, if I call somebody and you hang up on me once or twice, that's it. I'm not calling you anymore. Leave it be talk later. Yep. You don't keep calling somebody constantly, and that's what, the, what Michael Irvin and all the guys on NFL's uh, game day this morning were saying. Had he just called once or twice, let it go, okay, fine, we'll talk after the game, you know, he doesn't want to talk to me right now, but he kept calling this man throughout the week, and they're, they're preparing for a game. You don't bug somebody like that, and you're the coach of the opposing yeah. team? Uh-uh. The problem how- I have with Shady McCoy, the problem I have with him is when you know, NFL is a business, and people get traded, they get cut, 
their salaries involved and to accuse Chip Kelly of being a racist, whether he is or not. I don't know Chip Kelly personally, but I've never heard anyone call him a racist until a couple of these Eagles players because their egos got slammed and they got hurt and they got traded. I mean, Sonia, that's what I had the problem with Shady McCoy about. He, he had a chance here just to – and even even if you did hang up on him, just say this, Sonia. Even if you did hang up on him, you didn't want to talk about it. Do you need to go tell the media about it, Tarvin? Tarvin, that that phone call should have been the day he was traded. Exactly. Not now. You don't wait. It's almost like he's trying to clean up his mess. But dude, you should have done that earlier because what you did when you let something fester that long, the other person that that's on the opposite side. They're not going to be feeling you. They're going to be like, wait a minute, are you doing this for the media? Are you doing this, you know, so you can make yourself look better? Kind of like what, what Jonathan was saying um, earlier as far as, you know, trying to clean up his image. You wait until the week of the game, yeah. and you want to call, you want to make this phone call? <laughs> I can't speak on the racism part because, you know, I'm not in that locker room. I don't know what's going on. But go ahead, Jason. But that's another thing that they said on game day this morning, and this came from all the former players. It is the right and it is their duty that after a trade is made to make a phone call, that shows you what kind of an organization Philly is. Yep. Shady McCoy got none of that. He heard it the wrong way from the media. That's what the big is. He is at the very least (laughs) call from the coach and from the owner per game day and per those athletes on game day. And that's what he didn't get. So it was almost like Chip Kelly's now trying to give that phone call that he should have given, you know, months ago. I'm sorry, it's too but late. Too late. It's too late. So I don't fall shading McCoy at all. Well, yeah, timing is a little weird, I guess. I mean, if you think about it, you had all this time, game week. What Was Chip Kelly, Jonathan, maybe trying to get in his head a little bit? By doing uh, that, to make get him off his game. I mean, could that be possible? One today, Philadelphia beat him. I don't think so. I mean, once Rex Ryan sent McCoy out as a captain, I think we knew there were some mind games being played. But I honestly don't think Rashawn was trying to do that. And here's here's the bigger problem. Yeah, the organization is supposed to call you and let you know you've been traded. I get that. That's fine and dandy. Okay, just like. You're supposed to, you know, the the kids at a university should find out their coach has been fired from the athletic director or from the president and not from, from, you know, media. But you know what? We live in a world nowadays where trades are announced before they've even been finalized. I mean, that's that's, that's just the problem with with social media. Okay, but he didn't even get a call five hours later. They waited till freaking three-quarters of the season's over. Don't give me that excuse. They didn't even freaking read <laughs> No. No. That's BS. Whatever. I'm going to call BS on the board, though. You know he got that phone call from at least Jeffrey Lurie saying, look, here's the situation. You've been moved. No. There's no way they just traded him and, 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 and threw his life. That's what we're trying this, to tell this you. A, this ain't a Everything breakup between out. the Look, now. This is a Tom McCoy was on television this morning. He did an interview. He broke it down. He didn't go and ask them. They asked him. And he, he, he was honest. He said, no, I did not get a phone call. I did not get anything. Nothing. Nothing until this week. I did not hear from Chip Kelly until this week. And he didn't even call on his own phone. He called from another phone because he knew that he wouldn't answer if it was his number. <laughs> and so he was just like, no. It was handled wrong from the beginning. Yeah, he was like, why, why are you calling me now? I've not talked to you since the last time I saw you at practice. I find out I get traded. 
You don't call me. You don't reach out to me. You don't send me a card. You don't send me an email. You don't send me a tweet, nothing. And then all of a sudden, the day of the game that I'm playing my old team, you want to mm-hmm. blow my phone up? Man, please. Hit it, man. Child, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, get, I understand what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you because you have every right to your opinion. But I totally understand where he's coming from. And the thing is, you have to understand, too, this is a kid from Pennsylvania. His whole dream was to play for his home team, and that's what he wanted to do. So, of course, he's a little saucy. He's a little upset. But the way they handled it, I'm sorry, it's wrong. It was totally wrong. Chip Kelly did not make that phone call. He waited until all this time later to give this man a phone call. And he's like, why, why am I going to talk to you now? You don't want to talk to me back then. So why are you trying to talk to me now? No, he's, his best bet would have been to send some flowers in a card and be done with it. See, see, that's why I love this show. Everybody's got different opinions. Everybody respects other people's opinions. That's that's why I love it, man. That's why. Exactly. That's it. why but we love hey, you too. Hey, and that's why I want to get on this topic right here. That's in college football. And I just want, and I know you know Kirby Smart very well. We got an ACC point of view. I don't know if Big Dog knows Kirby Smart or not. He's Alabama's defensive coordinator, or for, he's Georgia's head coach now. But Sonia, I wanted to ask you, what do you think, honestly? Do you think this Kirby Smart, do you think he's going to be a great head coach or is he going to be like a Will Muschamp, Gene Chizik kind? I mean, how much do we know about Kirby Smart being under Nick Saban for this long? Do we know that he's going to be a good head coach? What do you think? I have mixed feelings. First of all, before before I say anything else, I want to give so much props and so much thanks to Kirby Smart for everything that he did for Bama. He's an excellent recruiter, excellent motivator. We were able to see him, you know, hands-on because we, uh, when we went to the game a couple of weeks ago, we were down on the field. So we were able to get some great picks. We were able to see them interact. And the great thing about it is Nick Saban left Kirby alone. You know, Kirby handled the entire defense on his own. It, it's, it, it's mixed for me because of the fact that when, when you look at Georgia, defense has never been their problem. It's always been offense. And from everything, from people I know that are close to Georgia, from, you know, the, the sports stations here, because, you know, we listen to sports radio all day, or I do, and they were always talking about if Rick were to leave, they would look for an offensive-minded coach. So here comes Kirby, and everybody knows that Kirby is defense. So I'm looking at it like I don't want him to be set up to fail, and I understand the whole, you know, alumni thing. He, he graduated from UGA, his dream job, blah, 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 all of that. But on the other hand, I'm kind of like, okay, how is this going to work? Because you, you've said for the longest, I mean, this entire season, and even last year when the rumors about Rick heated up, that they needed to work on the offense. They needed an offensive-minded coach. That's what they were looking for. They turn around and hire Kirby. Kirby comes in. Now, I will give him this credit. Because he's been under Nick so long, he's learned how to pick the right people, you know, to be under him or to do his job or to, to be coordinators. So I'm hoping that it works out. He's going to live or die by his OC. Yeah. And, and, and Sonia, Sonia I'm going to tell you one thing that caught my eye about him is he went to Arkansas and got the, one of the top offensive line coaches, Pittman, in the country that works under Brett Bielema, took him away. He's been with Bielema since 13, 2013. Mm-hmm. It's, hard, it's hard to take somebody like that away, being a rookie coach. So what does that tell you? I mean, he's that's, got the respect. that's a big ass. He's yeah. got the one thing about Kirby. 
Kirby has so much respect within college football. You would think that he was already a head coach because he does have that respect, and he does. He's basically a mini Nick Saban without the, with more with more personality. Let's just say say that. <laughs> I'd leave Arky for Georgia in a heartbeat. <laughs> but that yeah. um, I think what he's doing, he's making some great decisions. I think that that UGA fans, the first thing that they're going to have to do is be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. You might not be, you know, he might not be a McIlwain and, and go to the, the SEC championship his first year. You never know. But they're going to have to be patient. He's going to have some learning curves. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. I think he'll be okay. Well, I really think he'll be okay. And, 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 and I want to flip, too, like, you know, Will Muschamp left to go to South Carolina. I think that's going to be a train wreck, by the way. I love Will Muschamp. Don't get me wrong. But Auburn's having trouble finding that defensive coordinator. Now, they, they were trying to steal the guy from Florida State. The reason he didn't come, I believe, and this is this is my opinion, is mm-hmm. Gus Malzahn, if he doesn't win next year, he's out. So if you if you leave Florida State and you come to Auburn right now and it just doesn't work out right, you're fired next year. Because when the head coach gets fired, guess what? The whole staff is probably going to be fired. What What is Gus going to – I'm not worried about the defense. I'm an Auburn guy. I'm not too worried about the defense, but where do they go, Sonia? Where does Auburn go right now? I don't want a washed-up, recycled uh, defensive coordinator. Where can they go? I, I say promote Lance Thompson. Um, he's worked under think, Nick Saban. What do you think? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I agree with you. I would say promote from within because, to me, and, and we talked about this, when they first announced that Gus was coming, I mean, uh, that Will Mooshamp was coming. And I remember you and I, we were on the, on, on, this, on the show, and I was like, I don't know about that. Because when you look at Will Mooshamp, look at what happened during the game when he was, you know, out on the field. Will Mooshamp has a head coach mentality. Once you've tasted that, that bite of being a head coach, it's hard to step back down to being a coordinator. And we saw that this season. And it's also the fact that he's very passionate. He's a very passionate man. He's very, very, you know, into what he does, very hands-on. I didn't think that that was going to work out because I didn't think that it's almost like having, you know, you, you have too many chiefs, you know. Yep. And when, when, when Will came, I was just like, either this is going to be awesome and they're going to get along or this is going to be one and done because they're not going to be able to, to coexist. Because in Will's mind, he's still head coach. You know, he's still got that head coach mentality. I would say for Auburn, promote from within. Stick to what you got. Bring it. Don't bring yeah. anybody new in. Will, I honestly think that, that he doesn't need to be fired. I really think that you, that you guys need to give him a couple of years. Because of, of, mainly because of this. And because of the loss yeah. of the attrition. You know, it's just like with the, yeah. like that was with the Falcons with Dan Quinn. Who's going to fire Dan Quinn because he inherited a mess? Hmm. Now, you know what I'm saying? It takes a while to, to recover from that. And, and I'm going to tell you this. I'm the Auburn guy you know that talks reason and talks sense. That Even if Gus Malzahn next year, say they go 8-4 and four or something, I'm not ready to fire this guy. I mean, he, I trust what he can do as a coach. And sometimes you make the right hire, sometimes you don't. You have to That's live right. with it. College football is a tricky game. I mean, Auburn was within one possession of most of their games except one from being, you know, winning. Alabama finished them off and put it up to double digits there at the end. LSU beat them. So, if you look at it, a couple of bounces their way. Auburn could have been a 10-2 and two team or a 9-3 and three team. So, 
I just think we're so gung-ho and so quick to fire coaches right now that yep. it's insane that it, I, I'm telling you as an Auburn guy, if Auburn goes 7-5 and five next year, 8-4, I'm not I'm not saying right now fire Gus Malzahn. I'm saying keep building, keep recruiting, keep getting depth yep. because, again, what happens when you fire a coach, now you got somebody's going to have to come in and put in a new system. It's going to take two or three years to, to bounce back. Just keep replacing little pieces here and there, but I, I have faith. I don't know about you, Sonia, and I'll ask Jonathan next, but I have faith in Gus Malzahn. I think he's he's going to be a good coach. He's learning, but I think eventually he's going to get it. Everything's going to start working out. The offense it is. You've got to give them. have a quarterback, and, and they, they lost their entire offensive line in their backfield. You can struggle when that happens. I don't care how good of a coach you are. Exactly. You have to give these coaches at least three years, and, and – if anybody is wondering what happens when you coach hop, I want you to take a look at two teams. Take a look at Tennessee and take a look at Bama about mm, late 80s, early 90s. When you go from coach to coach to coach. Now, some of those hires with Bama, but, you know, the coaches were just bad. They made their own mistakes and they had to go. But when you keep replacing and try, because when you're, when you're looking for something, you know, you're looking for this coach that can win, you've got a coach that can win, but you've got to understand, you've got to cycle players out. You've got to cycle the, the negativity out. It's not going to happen overnight, and so many people are so quick, even with Les Miles. Let's bring him up. Les Miles was on the chopping block, according to every media, everybody, he was, he was about to get fired. And we were like, if, you, if LSU fires Les Miles, they are stupid. Because the one thing the man can do, he can recruit. He can't play call worth a damn. He really can't. <laughs> man cannot play call worth a damn. But if you get him a good OC and a good DC, he's cool. Let him go out and eat his grass and let him go out and recruit. He will make, he's the face of your program. Players will want to come to LSU just to be there. And the, the OCs will handle it. But don't sit here and say, well, if this coach doesn't win – you know, this many games in two years and he needs to go. Okay, guess what's going to happen? That coach is going to go somebody, go to another team or go to another, uh, another, another school. They're going to give him the, the opportunity and the time, and you're going to see that coach having success. And then your team is going to be looking like, well, wait a minute, how come he didn't do this here? You guys fired him too quick. That's one reason Butch Jones, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, supposedly he was on the high. Tennessee was like, wait a minute, we've oh, been down yeah. this before. That's the best thing that ever happened to Tennessee was Butch Jones. I'm telling exactly. you, man. Just, if I would I would take him tomorrow if he was coming. So let's flip it over to Jonathan real quick. Jonathan, you're Auburn right now. As a defensive coordinator, to me, Lance Thompson is the man you, you want to promote, I think. Promote within, like Sonia said. Don't bring anybody from the outside because if you bring somebody from the outside, all it's going to do is slap the coaches that's been there in the face, you know. A lot of that happens. Sometimes you promote within. It just keeps everything internal. You have a great defensive player. You have a, the crop. You're building depth with them. Who do you bring in as defensive coordinator, John? Or where do you go to look? I, I mean, I, I like the idea of promoting from within. That's what Florida State did our last go-round with, with Kelly. Was he? Uh, we actually brought him in as an assistant under Pruitt. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, once Jeremy was – forced to leave, we uh, we had to make that change, and Jimbo decided the best idea to keep the continuity with the players and to, uh, for, for the recruits' uh, per, you know, some purpose behind it, we decided Kelly was the best way to go, and it's turned out well. I mean, recruiting-wise, we're still doing a really good job with it. 
Uh, and obviously we played a lot better this year than we did last year under him. Um, hey, Johnson, if you're, I have if a question Auburn, for you. I have a question. I have a question for you. Let's, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to get off topic, but did Jeremy Pruitt screw Jimbo's wife? <laughs> no, no, that's not the buzz. The buzz actually was uh, Pruitt uh, got in really close with a couple of the sorority houses. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Sorry, and, I just, and I just his wife I know gave him the ultimatum. Yeah, no, actually, they're reconciling now. So, good for the Fishers. I hope everything works out great. Um, you know, as a university, we obviously care about the family as a whole. Uh, we've, you know, we've all, you know, all of us diehard fans invested a lot of money into supporting uh, Falcone anemia, uh, which, you know, his one of his sons suffers from. And, you know, but getting back to it, I think if you're Auburn, it is a great idea to promote from within. It keeps your recruiting class intact. Um and it also keeps the mentality of that defense intact because they already know yep. what the expectations are. They already know what they're dealing with. And I think that's one thing that people forget when they have to go out and hire a new defensive coordinator is these kids don't always know to deal with new. Uh, sometimes they like to deal with, you know, the monster they already know. So I, I think it'd be a good idea. And you're right, Auburn needs to give Miles on time. I think he's earned himself that, that extended stay. Um, and, I mean – you want to look at a program that, you know, they're, they're toe-chopping a little bit, and it's had its little bit of ups and downs, but Florida right now is on their second coach since Urban Meyer. And, you know, Muschamp had a great year under uh, in 2012 with a bunch of Urban's recruits graduating, and now McElwain's had a great year with a bunch of uh, Muschamp's recruits. It's not like oh. McElwain just stepped in and brought in all that talent. All that was there. Will Greer is a Muschamp recruit. All those guys are. So Muschamp, when people question his recruiting at the South Carolina press conference, that's why I love his answer of, well, look at my wife. I mean, because obviously he's done a great job recruiting <laughs> at Florida. If he had, he wouldn't be successful. And yeah, his wife's good looking. Uh, so that doesn't hurt either. But I think Muschamp's not as bad as a hire for South Carolina, as a lot of people think, because without him, Florida doesn't have the successful of the year. Um, as they do this year, because he brought in all those players that played well this year. Well, I, I was just saying that because, and you know, Spurrier couldn't do it at South Carolina. Muschamp was in the East at Florida. He just couldn't get over the hump offensively. But now South Carolina, how can you recruit to the state of South Carolina? At, at least stay at Auburn a couple of years, try to win that championship, and then go somewhere that's going to matter because South Carolina is a hard place to go, Sonia. It's a hard place to, to get kids to come to. Nobody wants to go to Columbia, South Carolina, well, you <laughs> unless gotta you're look from at... Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> well, you gotta and look they don't at... even want to be there. Sorry, you got to look at it this way. Two years ago, remember I posted, I would post the blind items in, 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 uh, in our group, and one of my blind items was, because I had heard this from a good friend that, that is in the sports industry, but very, very close to the program. And he had said that Spurrier told them two years ago that he was looking to retire, but he would stay on while they looked for somebody else. And he would also assist them. Okay, South Carolina got complacent. So the main reason that Spurrier left, Spurrier was ready to go two years ago. He was not, he knew, he, he, his heart wasn't in it. He was. He wanted to be with his family. You know, he wanted to golf and enjoy his. You know, his twilight season. And he said the same thing on the College Football Awards uh, Thursday night, as a matter of fact. But he told them two years ago to start looking for somebody. South Carolina didn't. 
he still stuck around, he did what he could, but he knew that they would not move until he stepped away. So he stepped away, and now they're forced to look for somebody. Now, and they still as, far as, feet. as far as Will is concerned, with Will coming in, I actually think, and, I, and, I, and this is going to sound weird, but I actually give Will credit because one thing, you know if you're not a good fit in a certain program. Just like you know if you're not a good fit in the job. One thing that you know about me, I prefer to do contract work. The main reason I do that is because that way I can see if the company is good for me and they can see if I'm a good fit. Some companies I'm like, no, I don't want to work here. This is mm -hmm. not for me. You know what I mean? So I, I respect the fact that Will realized that, wait a minute, I can't coexist here with, uh, with Gus, so maybe it is time for me to move on because this is not working out. So you guys really should thank him for being that, you know, being that observant, realize that for him to stay there, he would just be doing a disservice to the Auburn faithful and to the players. So he decided to go yeah, to South Carolina. Yeah. Now, with Will in South Carolina, with the kind of energy and passion he has, I say to me it's more like a a Belima Arkey situation. It's the East, too. Yeah, it's the East, too. I but agree. when you look at it, I, agree. I mean, think about it. You, you, huh? I agree with you. I, I yeah, but it's kind of like that. Because think about it. When we first heard Brett Bellema was coming to Arky, we were like, God, man, get out of here. Really? But look at what he's <laughs> done. So I can see that. And then when you've got two people, those two in the same division, <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> so I really think that we'll – I think he might he might that might be a good hire for them. I really do. I think his passion. I, yeah. I really think that's what that's what South Carolina needs. Because let's be honest, Steve Spurrier checked out a long time ago. So they yeah. need somebody. And, and you know what upset me? What upset me is the Auburn faithful out there now cursing Muschamp. And I mean, all he did oh. was leave up as a coordinator to be a head coach in the SEC again. How can you fault someone for bettering their family, their career? Their paycheck. I mean, I mean, you're 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 right, Tony. Once you get a taste of that head coach, it's just hard. You always want to come back. Will Muschamp's a competitor. He felt like he failed at Florida. He wants another shot at it. And you know what? Yes. We all knew Muschamp was a one or two year coach at Auburn. I mean, we knew. Yep. I knew that. We talked about that. And it you didn't. Sure, work. You I were mean, one of the first ones to say it. He liked Gus. Yeah, yeah. And 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 he liked Gus. Gus liked him. But sometimes you can. You can kind of be counterproductive. You kind of, you know, you're just kind of all over the place. I think Gus needs to bring in somebody internally. Everybody knows Gus is the man. He needs mm -hmm. to focus on that offense, let somebody focus on that defense. But these Auburn fans now trashing Will Muschamp because That's he wants to go to South Carolina. I mean, that is wrong. I mean, it's, it's wrong. And, come on, and one guys. Thing that people have to look at, too, when you look at some of the former head coaches, whether they were fired or whether they left for cause, most of the, the head coaches that left from the SEC, guess where they are now? They're in the NFL. They're coordinators. Look at Mike Shula. You know, when you look at some of these guys who left mm. head coaching from the SEC, they went to the NFL, so that's a step up for them, you know? So it's like, come on now, really? Seriously, you're going to get here and, and slam this man? First, you, he was, you know, manna from heaven when he was first hired. And now when he decides that's to do champ. something – all of a sudden, he's you know remember, the Antichrist man. Get out of here! Remember, 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 Gus Champ, all that crap. There's all the fans. They were Auburn, and I, and I even thought that well, our defense is going to be. Uh, it got better, and people don't realize that. I know statistically, 
It didn't, but I'm telling you, Auburn's defense over the last year got a lot better as the year went on. People can't admit that and see that. I can, but but look. Well, also you have to look at the injuries and the attrition. Carl Lawson was hurt. You know, he was a leader. He and you had another thing. People understand this. Do not sit here and think that graduation does not affect your team. Okay, you've got freshmen. You've got a young team. When you've got freshmen and sophomores. And you've got, you know, coaching changes and all of this. Guess what? That's a perfect storm. That's a perfect storm. So you've got, you just got to, well, you know, ride it out. you got to ride it out. Well, you, you saw gotta... Alabama last year. You saw their exactly. defense last year was young. And they got shredded sometimes. But now look at them this year, one year after. They can't even be scored on hardly. There you go. And you took the words right out of my mouth because I was going to use Alabama as an example. <laughs> so it's like, come on. don't. So people just need to have more patience. All of this quick to, to fire somebody or quick to, to denigrate this person or praise this person. No, just be calm. You cannot win everything. I am a diehard Bama fan. I have been since the age of three. I sat on Bear Bryant's lap. <laughs> My uncle worked there as a strength and conditioning coach. I was up in that stadium as a child all the time. I love Bama. But guess what? Bama can lose. Bama has lost. Bama can't win everything. But I'm so proud of what they've done because I am a patient fan. I totally understand you can't win them all, and you got to go through those little periods, those little growing trials. You know, you got to go through those growing things, those growing. And you things. are, and you, and you under you understand football. A lot of the fans we talk to, Jonathan, you know, the Auburn Bama fans. You see those idiots on Facebook. They don't know anything about. Sports. Have you noticed that, Jonathan? How they're always like think they know everything, and then they disappear when their team loses. Yeah, I mean, you know who I'm talking about. And, yeah, I mean, you see it time and time again, and I, you know, and it's it's funny the whole Charles Kelly situation. I don't know how many people were in on this, and I know I was part of the group. There was a huge majority of us in Tallahassee, you know, Florida State fans that said, "Look." Bye. You know, get out of here, Charles, after after last season, because last season was a disaster defensively. And we're ready to, to go ahead and set fire to him, and now we don't want to lose him. And it, it's because we didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. And that's one of the problems is everybody's so quick to come to judgment. And a lot of the people who are Fairweather fans are the quickest, to be honest, and they're ready to get somebody out after two games. I mean, these are, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about the same people that probably, you know, won a Peyton Manning cut. After uh, you know halfway through his rookie year, yeah, of course he had gone crazy rookie year. Same Bucks fans I've been dealing with that after the first game, oh, we should have taken Mariota over Winston. It's for one game. Let's give it a season before we make a decision whether or not you know we might have royally screwed the pooch here. You ask a lot of those same Bucks fans now, and they're another game. And it's like, well, hello, what was I trying to tell you? You gotta wait. You gotta take your time and make sure that you know let things play out because what one game half a season for somebody who's new to a system and new to a regime, it's not always going to be their best habits. Whether they're going to struggle the most because they're having to learn yeah. and adapt on the fly. I'll tell you right yeah, now, well, I, and I take Peyton Manning right this minute. <laughs> take it. They, I, mean, I take him with too, the food and all. Come on, Peyton. Hey, hey I'm going to tell, tell you about some bandwagon stuff. And, you know, I've supported Auburn all my life. I've gone to the games when they were decent, when they sucked, when they – we're on probation when they were good. I was there. And then I remember, you know, I have the same seats and I go and all of a sudden I see all these new faces and everything. And they're like, Auburn's 10 and 0. And now they decide to show up 
for the Georgia game. Then they want to come to the Iron Bowl. And then they, now they want to go to the SEC championship. Now they want to go to the, the national title. That was their fourth game in Auburn history they've been to, and it was all in that year. That's what that's a fan to kill me, guys. That's a that drives me crazy. I remember I got left out of I got left out of a game because somebody decided they wanted to finally show up to a damn Auburn game when they were undefeated, and I got left out. I was on the outside looking in, and I took those tickets every week when I was offered them, you know. And I I don't know. I just got a bad taste in my mouth about these bandwagon fans. And I'm a I'm a bandwagon Carolina Panther fan, and I have every right to be with Cam Newton. I don't. Like 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 Jonathan said, Sonia, I'm from Alabama. We didn't have an NFL team. I can choose whoever I want to when I want to, right? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And, and for people, <laughs> I'm a bandwagon Panthers fan because, number one, Cam is fam. He grew up in College Park, or as we call it, Cotapaw. Uh He's an alumni of the school that I attended and graduated from, so he's family. He and my brother were good friends, so he's family to us. So, yeah, I'm going to cheer for him. But at the same time, going back to the bandwagoners, there is no worse bandwagon fan than bandwagon bammers. And let me tell you why. All of a sudden, this season, now, Tarvin, you know this because you've been in this group. There's a group that we're, we're in, that Tarvin and I were both in, we're still in it, that's a very large group on Facebook. And the most well-known Bama fans are me, Chris Smelly, Chris Haley, Mark McAllister, Andrew Land. Now, all of a sudden, this season, how come ten people – all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, I've been in this group six years, and I've never seen you post, but all of a sudden you're a diehard Bama fan, and you're talking all this smack and jumping on posts. And, and I'm like, where did you people come from? And they're like, oh, well, I've been here, I just don't post much. Dude, wait, dude, I'm in here every day. I've never seen you. So I, I totally get it. It makes me sick. The worst fans are your own, to me. The worst fans are our own bandwagon fans because they, are, they're only, they only show up when we're winning. They're not there. I'm like, wait a minute. I call them the 2009 new crew because all of a sudden, you know, when Bama won that championship in 2009, oh, my God, everybody and their grandma. I saw more Alabama stuff on cars and more jerseys in the city of Atlanta than ever mm-hmm. than I ever saw Tuscaloosa. Now, 2010. And down here. Yeah, thank you. And then 2010, they disappear. They come back 2011, 2012. And I'm like, wait a minute. We don't pick and choose, sweetie. We here 24-7. Where are you? Mm-hmm. I hate them. And I know you went through the same that's thing right, with FSU right. because that was the same with the Knowles. All of a sudden, all these Knowles. Then when Ohio yeah. State won last year, all of these new Ohio State fans. No, if you can't be with us when we lose, don't come trying to, you know, cheer and, and jump on the bandwagon when we win. Well, I mean, I'm in the worst state for it because I've literally seen Bama fans explode three times down here. I've seen Ohio State fans come out of woodwork. Mm-hmm. I saw Oregon fans, after Oregon beat Florida State, I saw more Oregon fans in the state of Florida who grew up in Florida, diehard Floridians, and they get, you're like, let me look in that closet. Oh, is that a Gator jersey? I see a Gator jersey. What you doing? Oh, you were a Gator fan when Tebow was there. Oh, you only root for Tebow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, nope. there was. I mean, I have more buddies who are Florida fans who all said, oh, go Florida State. Nah, go away. Go away. Exactly. I'm gonna tell you the biggest the biggest bandwagon fan is Quinn Thomas. You know he was a he was an Auburn <laughs> fan in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Where God, are you, Quinn! Quinn's gonna kill you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here. One thing about Quinn, I will give Quinn. His <laughs> oh no! 
no, hold on. I'm going to give Quinn his credit because one thing about Quinn, because he posts, he's just like us. He posts in the groups every day. Quinn has always maintained he loves Auburn and he loves Notre Dame. And his third yeah. team is Minnesota because his sister goes to Minnesota. So he, he's always, you know, posting Minnesota stuff when Jason posts. But one thing about Quinn, he does not care. Who doesn't like it? He's going to support Auburn and Notre Dame. And whichever mm-hmm. one is winning, that's who he's behind. <laughs> I'm behind both. I'll root for both. I watch both no matter what. But I want to see them play each other so you wear a split jersey. I want to see Quinn in a half yeah, Auburn, half Notre Dame yeah, jersey. Quinn. Yeah, Quinn, 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 next year, just pretend this. Auburn and Notre Dame are playing in the national championship. Who do you pull for? I I I root for Auburn. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, Auburn. There we go. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I I root for Auburn. It'd be tough, but yeah, that's who I'd be pulling for. And I would probably be at that game too. Yeah, you'd have to go to that one. I mean, you you could celebrate no matter what, Quinn. I mean, you could, you could, you could just yeah, wait. Yeah. have two jerseys on, have two jerseys on, and pull one of them off at the end. And run out, <laughs> run out on the away. I mean, that's why the Stanley Cup last year was beautiful for me. I'm a Blackhawk and a Lightning fan, so everybody's like, well, who are you rooting for? I don't know. I'm going to a parade no matter what. What are you complaining about? <laughs> Yeah, but but I but she's right about the bandwagon fans. Actually, in the in the discussion page, I don't think bandwagon fans are as bad. But last year, when the after when when Ohio State won that conference championship game, that group uh, went from about five or six Ohio State fans yes. to about thirty to forty regular posters. Wisconsin would win, but I really didn't care. But 
those are the worst fans I've dealt with. And I've been at neutral site games with Oregon fans, Bama fans, and Florida State fans. And and even Northwestern fans, but I don't count. But by far, Ohio State fans took the cake. They, I mean, I was telling my dad, my dad was there with me. I'm like, Dad, I want to punch these suckers in the face. Uh, <laughs> if Quinn wants to punch somebody, you know it's bad. <laughs> it was horrible. I I mean, well, you know, and it's funny because I have a Ohio State fan, or at least she was in my family. My grandmother grew up in, uh, just outside of Cleveland. And after the Jim Pretzel thing, she's like, oh, I, she said, I'm dropping him. This was stupid. He lied. The whole thing's dumb. I don't care about Ohio State anymore. Ohio State wins that national championship. First, call right away. You still, not, you, you still hate Ohio State? Still hate Ohio State. Only person that I've ever met in my life who was able to drop somebody they've been rooting for for 60 years. <laughs> 60 years. And I kudos said, to Grandma. Well, I mean, kudos to Grandma. So Thanksgiving, I'm talking to her about Ohio State. And she, go, and she goes, I still hate Ohio State. And the fan base, I hate even more now. Of all people, a former Ohio State diehard, I hate them. I can't stand the fans. They're okay with being corrupt or being crooked and all this other shady stuff. She goes, oh, I got to my Cleveland Browns, and they're awful, so I don't even pay attention to ESPN no more. <laughs> That's so funny. Kudos to Grandma. Now, I was born in Cleveland. A lot of people don't know. I was born in Cleveland, but I grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I was raised in Tuscaloosa. So I'm northern-born, southern-bred. And all of my, you know, my Ohio family's like, well, you know, you should be cheering for Ohio. No, sweetie, no. No, no, no. There is no way I would ever cheer for the Bucknuts. I don't care if they are playing Satan. <laughs> I'll be like, go Satan! <laughs> I'm not cheering for that thing. Those fans suck. They are so entitled. Dude actually wrote a letter about an open letter talking about why Ohio State deserves to be in above all the you know the other teams that were ranked above them. It was raining. It was raining. He hurt his toe. He had a migraine. Oh, really? Seriously? Half that letter was about them losing. You saw the. Sonia, you saw that guy on my Facebook on the way in sports was telling me that Ohio State deserved to be in over Michigan State, didn't you? And how oh, can God. I rank Michigan State ahead of Ohio State when they just won the Big Ten? I'm like, really, I had dude? to come on. Really? I was like, he was really – this is the thing, yo, for the listeners. He was serious. He was serious. This was Tarvin's personal poll now. This is not like the, the NCAA, the playoff committee, no poll like that. This is just Tarvin's idea, you know, what he thinks. This dude actually was trying to argue Tarvin down about him putting Ohio State where he put them. And I finally came on, and I was like, you do realize that this is his personal poll, right? And he has the right to his opinion. Oh, wait, yeah, I understand that. But, no, dude, there is no but. That's your problem. That's why nobody likes your fans. He was talking about the Vegas lines like that mattered. Yeah, it's like, dude. Yeah. Really? Well, well, I tell you, I tell, I tell you what. Bama was favored six over Auburn in 2010. They were favored ten. Auburn won. Guess what? Auburn advanced. I don't care about a point spread. That doesn't matter. Michigan State went to Ohio State, beat them, won the big ten. Ohio State, Ohio State was one and one against ranked teams in the year. And so, so okay, I'm going to move Michigan State down, put Ohio State up at the playoff. I mean. Really? I mean, that's the dumbest <laughs> statement I've ever I've ever heard of. That was fun, though. <laughs> it was 
was I funny because Zoe I came it. on. I think we all came on, and we we're just kind of like, dude, do you you not understand? Number one, we, let's just keep you know hammering this point home. It's Brian Tarvin's personal poll. It doesn't mean anything to anyone but him. Why are you trying to argue with this I, man? I could, I, could, I, could, I could have Auburn number five. I could have Auburn number five if I wanted to. You know, that's exactly. My oh my that, god, he was hilarious. He was not playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you better have Minnesota. He said. He said. He said. That's the worst poll I've ever seen. You're like. You're just like ESPN and everything. I'm like, what? And I, I posted this in the morning, Sunday morning, and, I, and, it, and it was exactly like the committee had it after, you know, and Michigan State was three. I, I, I bumped him up, but he's like, how in the world are you going to leave Ohio State out? Well, I mean, who am I going to drop out? You know, I mean, really, seriously. That was the dumbest, dumbest thread I've ever been a part of on Facebook. But it was hilarious, though. <laughs> Well, guys, we're out of time. I hate to cut y'all off. Our show, we went over two hours, but uh, thanks for joining us. Had a good time. We may be on this week if there's something we want to talk about, but uh, probably not. We'll probably be on Sunday for sure. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Have a great week, and we'll talk to y'all soon. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. All right. Good night.